Christmas Eve in L.A. California. Is Daddy coming home soon? Well, we'll see what Santa and Mommy can do, okay? And New York cop John McLean has come to see his wife. I missed you. Instead, he's going to have to save her. Sit down. Within this skyscraper high above the city, 12 terrorists have declared war. They're about to be taught a lesson in the real use of power. They're as brilliant because I am interested in the $640 million in your vault. As they are ruthless. But I'm telling you, you're just going to have to kill me. Okay. We do it the hard way. Now, the last thing McLean wants. Think, damn it, think. Is to be a hero. Where's Howie? Hey, Tucker! Where? But he doesn't have a choice. What does he think he's doing? John. They have already killed one hostage. This channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Lady, I sound like a born of pieces! He's inside? Who is he? Good trailer. It's good. It's solid. Yeah, really well done. Like and the movie, still great after all these remastered. Years. So it looks good. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we are doing a diehard commentary. You guys helped us pick a um, Christmas movie. We're doing it. I feel like this was inevitable, right? <laughs> yeah, we we put a, a choice, some choices out there, just because you never know. It but, was. Um, it was. I mean, not this even, was this was a landslide. Um, we, you know, our our second our runner. I didn't up, even look at the votes because I was just like, our runner up, which wasn't even close, was Home Alone two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say, Jess and I just rewatched Home Alone two, and Home Alone two. You know, we did the Rotten Tomato scores, right? And it was just abysmal compared to Very Home low, Alone. Yeah, Home Alone two is fun. Like, yeah, it's no, a fun totally, sequel. Totally, they do it a good job. I know they've done like three more sequels, and I've, I haven't watched any of those. But um, yeah, but yeah, Home Alone two was fun. I my I'm one of my favorite <laughs> votes uh, from our friend Andrew. Um, who's <laughs> a, a friend and a listener he oh, yeah. right home too he just wrote turtle doves yeah turtle you know because the two turtle doves <laughs> so when i was rewatching it with uh jess the other day i was like oh that's that's great that's and then also that. shout out to our friend aaron our lone vote for for lethal weapon uh and as she noted the original police cop uh action mm-hmm. christmas mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. and you know fair fair to mention 87 did precede mm-hmm. 88 yes that's, um, that is and, one year before <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by by one year yeah for those yeah. of you who who don't do math like me um uh which is also uh, a great and fun film uh just yeah. watched that one last night so i'm i'm fully ready i, I would have done that too but um 
Well, that's uh, that's yeah, that's the voting situation. I uh, I actually just found this video before we get into the movie and everything. Found this video that was posted three days ago. Um, AFI has this little weird video of John McTiernan talking about Die Hard and how it became a oh, Christmas nice. movie. Um, I'm not going to play the whole video because it is 12 <laughs> minutes long. And play it all, baby. <laughs> John, yeah, John McTiernan, who directed this and directed a lot of great stuff. He um, he directed uh, um, Hunt for Red October, uh, Hunt for Red October, uh, Predator. Uh, the two that we always forget are Last Action Hero and mm-hmm. uh, Thomas Crown Affair, the new one. Oh, um, yeah, I just so love yeah, all of good. those so much. They're just such well-made kind of fun action or you know yeah. not action movies yeah. that um, I just if he hadn't gone to jail for tax evasion or whatever he went to jail <laughs> I know, for, I know. Um, he's out now, right? Is he yeah, out? yeah. So so and I don't know what those story really is i don't care but anyways he i just think is one of our greatest directors oh he's great the tone in his movies is always it just they always move they're always fun they're great pacing everything wise it's just so good um but anyways this video i highly recommend checking it out it's on afi's youtube um and uh it's part of their afi movie club series or whatever uh it's 12 minutes long and he explains so many things from his point of view it's very philosophical it's very heady uh too much for me i'm too stupid mm-hmm. to really mm-hmm. get it but i appreciate it and it's very badass i'm just gonna play the end of it which is he goes into some weird territory but it's also kind of a nice little button on the video um so here we go so my hope at christmas this year is that you will all remember that authoritarians are low status angry men who have gone to rich people and said, if you give us power, we'll make sure nobody takes your stuff. And that's the essence of authoritarianism. And that's always been the essence of it. And their obsession with guns and boots and uniforms and squad cars and all that stuff, all those things are the mass of power meant to scare us, meant to shut us up so we don't, kick them to the side of the road and the decent people of the world get on with building the future. <sighs> Merry Christmas. And I hope we have a better year. Good night. Holy shit. <laughs> I, you know what, man? Like that, that really hit. I, like, I, I know. I know. And it's 12 minutes of that. Basically. I mean, this is, this is his point that he's making. But it, you have to watch the whole thing to get how it obviously ties in with everything will. that he's saying. Um, that makes, and... makes me think that Hunt for Red October is probably his favorite of the movies he made. <laughs> <laughs> sure, but I don't sure. know. So, uh, it also seems, makes sense now that he yeah. went to prison for tax evasion. It, 100%. <laughs> I'm and sorry, when, but after like, the video, I was like, oh, I get who this guy is. They yeah, played that in court <laughs> and it really put the nail in the coffin. Yeah, this I'm is this sorry. guy. This is this guy. Yeah, I uh, I really, wow. really enjoyed it. So I can't recommend that. I And I didn't even realize it was a new video. I just I saw someone post about it and then I was yeah. like, oh, this was from three days ago. Um, you know, and by I the way, I couldn't not, agree with him more, it's, though. It's like, not a heavily produced video. It's just his his iPhone filming yeah. him at his like cabin or something talking to the camera. So anyways, wow. yeah, but go on. Wow. Yeah. It's very, very, no, no, no. That, to that's all I had really. Yeah. Ignore, I, um, Jesus. what he, what he has to 
to say. Um, so uh, for what it's worth, we just watched Die Hard 2 a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, um, I hadn't seen that in a very, very long time, and I'm real excited that we watched it because it, as you mentioned, now that we've got all these other Die Hards, I've, honestly, every time I think about Die Hard, I'm like, I don't know how many there are. Are there five or are <laughs> there, there five. six? Okay. There are five now, and there has been one in development hell, I guess you'd call it, okay, for right. about 10 years for Die Hard 6, which is simultaneously a prequel and a sequel where somebody played oh, Young yeah. McLean in the 70s I'm vaguely York, aware of that and you know if they're even still on that one i don't know right um but anyway. well for what it's worth um i've rewatched live free or die hard live free or die hard is the dc one right yeah that's the fourth one that's what's the, one the fifth Justin one Long. called the fifth one is um a good day to die hard oh, god yeah that's i've the seen one that, that one once to russia so, you know, real quickly, I know we want to start the movie, but yeah. when you think about these movies, so you're, and we talk about this, we talked about this with Star Wars, we I talk about this with Rocky a lot, like a lot yeah. of the best films, right, are, are very kind of simple in their conception, and then it's just how well you execute it, right? Yeah. Simplicity, and then the cool flair comes in how you make it, and I think Die Hard falls into that category, um, and as much as it kind of invented this subgenre of action where you're in the building or in speed, you're on the bus or you know right. whatever it ends up being all the way down to phone booth where we were in a phone booth, which I think kind of effectively killed it. But, sure. um, but you know, it, it is, it is just the idea of, okay, there's a hostage situation and they have taken this building. The second one, you know, certainly not, not as good as the first. And I don't think as good as the third, but right. really did follow that formula. And now we've taken an airport. So we've kind of expanded, like we're no longer, there is a building, but it's not like the doors are closed. We're holding it hostage right. because we have control of the planes. So there's all these other people in the plane. So you've kind of up the stakes in that way. Um, and they also play on the whole, you know, this one, they're really just bank robbers that are posing as terrorists. The next one, you really get like a terrorist situation. The yeah. third one, you expand it and they've really taken a whole city. Like, mm -hmm. again, they haven't closed off the city, a la like Dark Knight Rises, but there's bombs and they could be blowing up in any place. So mm -hmm. the whole city is kind of being held hostage. So I understand what they were trying to do with the fourth one because you're taking the country, right? Like yeah. we've attacked D.C., the capital, and now you've taken over the country. But the fifth one, you've kind of run out unless you're going to go global. I guess they did try to go global and they just went to Russia and tried to make it personal by having his family, like his kids. Right son along with what his daughter was in the fourth one but you really do kind of run out of things to do at a certain point yeah if, if you're, you're gonna, gonna try to stick to the die hard if, formula yeah if you're gonna do that formula but i think that uh if anything you could take an example like mandalorian where it doesn't need to be bigger you right. need to go smaller right. and john mcclain dealing with some small thing seems uh, interesting to me maybe it wouldn't be but uh you know if you went smaller i don't i don't know that i would hate that i think um, if bruce willis hadn't tapped out on his career yeah, and life yeah. at this point which man yeah. more power to him he can do whatever he wants yeah but I, I do think there would be room for a great return I, yeah. I always said to you my, my the whole thing that i always wanted from like a diehard four when diehard three ended and i figured it was finished because back then we just had trilogies anyway right but um i remember always thinking much like white house down or olympus has fallen i thought you know how great would it be to kind of return to form and have John McClane at some kind of hero's banquet? It's it's just some promotional thing where they uh -huh. invite him because yeah. they're trying to show off for themselves how great the administration is. And he's <laughs> the lone cop that comes in because he's a freedom fighter and against terrorism, especially after 9-11. I thought, like, oh, this right. would be, like, prime time to do this. And most are, like, soldiers and whatever. And some are, you know, I don't know, Purple Heart winners or something. And then he's in the mix, and it's kind of another one of those, like, got invited by mistake. No one really cares what he's got to say. He didn't even vote for this guy. You, you get a lot of room for, like, comedy in that. And then 
again, like White House Town, if the White House gets taken over and everybody's kind of ushered in the room, now you've got like an Air Force One type of thing, except you're in the White House and John McClane's the fly in the ointment, right? Like running around. It just um, seems I always thought good. that would be yeah. prime for kind of the final. It's it's small like the original, but it's bigger because of the stakes and the president and everything else. And you're mm-hmm. at the White House. Uh, obviously, they never did that. Um, Rachel, our friend Rachel, is a huge diehard fan as well. Um, I know you haven't seen 16 Blocks. No, but I she always know. talks about how she looks at 16 blocks as Die Hard 4 and ignores okay. all the rest of them. And it's kind of her all right, Rage, I'll watch 16 blocks. And th- well, that is what you just <laughs> described, though, right? Like okay, John yeah. McClane in a small, simple situation. Okay. He's kind of the, the you know, the, the cop that people resent or whatever, the old guy. Right. Um, and there's a corrupt, you know, group of New York cops and he's got to do a certain thing. Sure. Uh, with this witness. So that always played more into the diehard formula to me than the real diehard four and five as well. Um, sure. But that's neither here nor, here nor there. If people want to check the, check that out. And if you want to donate money to my GoFundMe for die, my alternative diehard four <laughs> yeah. at the white house, um, diehardist uh, call me. <clears throat> um, I just want to say really quick that diehard three is probably my favorite action movie. It's hard to say that when you have things like true lies mm-hmm. and Terminator and all this stuff. But, but I think diehard three is, probably the best action movie ever made die hard three um, is so good that i wholeheartedly 100 percent believe die hard is the best action movie ever and i don't mm-hmm. get mad in the least if somebody likes die hard three the right. best you know what i mean like it's I one of those even, ones where i, I think I, I like it more than die hard but i it's more just about the quality of the the movie and the set pieces yeah you know it's not even the story so much um, I think beat for beat, it might be more enjoyable. Th- I guess that's how I feel. It, it, it's yeah. just die hard to me again, kind of it is perfect. Like you break it mm-hmm. down and I think right. it, it's so perfect that I'm kind of in awe of it as an action movie. Right. I, but I think die hard. Th- and this is kind of the argument. I make the opposite argument for the Indiana Jones series. I think <laughs> Indiana Jones and the last crusade is the best because it is the revamp of Raiders, but it's got uh-huh. the added elements of comedy and Sean Connery being the dad and all this stuff. And right. I think beat for beat, it's more enjoyable, but certainly Raiders is the more iconic. Yes. Kind of tight story um you know that just doesn't miss it all so yeah both I'm great series you. very very similar well sorry for the long intro guys but we just um, have a lot to say it's diehard <laughs> this, um, this is so. this is the only thing getting me through man okay <laughs> we've almost made it to the end of 2020 do not yeah, take yeah, this yeah. microphone away from right me. <laughs> that's fair all right so we are ready to watch diehard now this is on hbo max <clears throat> uh and everyone watching along at home on their own tv um, we are going to hit play. Um, HBO Max is weird because it has ads at the beginning. So I'm going to kind of read out the time that we're at uh, on our video and what's happening in the video for just the first few seconds through the logo. And then we'll fade out on the audio uh, for the kind of no audio version of it. So there's going to be two, two episodes, uh, one with and one without the movie audio. So anyways. All right, guys. So we are just about to hit play. Um, right now, our time code on HBO Max is 36 seconds. I'm not sure if that varies from person to person, but we're at the black screen right before the 20th Century Fox logo. So I'm going to hit play. Three, Welcome two, to one. the party, pals. <laughs> right. 37, 38. We get the 20th Century Fox logo. And music, theme music. This will always make me think of Star Wars. I know. It's so (laughs) such a bummer that that's just not part of it anymore. All right. A Gordon Company Silver Pictures production is the title that's up right now. That should let you sync up. Now we get the plane. Those crazy sons of bitches. What a great great shot. 
Yeah, I as love I said, plane nice, shots. Nice callback to a movie that hadn't been made yet. Die Hard 2. <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. That's a great callback. Uh. John McTiernan came back for Die Hard 3, or am I making that up? Uh, yeah, he did. Yes, yeah. he directed that See, one. He yeah, did yeah, the yeah. two that everyone thinks are yeah. crowning achievements. It's very for. clear why. <laughs> yeah. This is another thing where you always end up jumping the shark eventually, but, you know, in the second movie, John's still terrified of flying even though he's at right. an airport and he mentions right. it in the helicopter. By the third one, they end with a shootout on a helicopter where he and seems it never to comes be fine. up. Yeah, yeah. But you then by the fourth that. one, he's, you know, skiing on the side of wings and planes and <laughs> sliding off jumping like an out. F- yeah, windows. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so dumb. A little different. Uh, yeah. But then again, for an actor, Bruce Willis, who we all love, yeah. but uh, <laughs> literally said his character would never say the line yippee ki motherfucker right. by the second he's movie. He's lost it. Didn't remember, I guess. So he's wearing a gun there. on this plane, which I, I really would love to know what the Dif- rules different of era. being a, a cop was back then. An off-duty, out-of-state cop was able to wear a gun all the time, even on a plane. Like, really? you know what? I would legitimately. I don't know. I would not be surprised if that is completely false or if it is real. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's Either some way, weird yeah. stuff. When I think about how you used to be able to just walk right up to the gate with right. no ticket, I mean, yeah, right. you had to show an ID, but the idea of you slipping onto a plane, there was a story, two mm-hmm. comedians, I can't remember their names, talked about when they were kids, they just decided they would try to get on the plane and they told a lady they were, I mean, these are obviously kids, so maybe right. you're not as up and arms, but they said, yeah. We're, yeah, our parents, we just want to say bye. They let them go on, they were like, come right back. Back, and they just sat down and flew to like New York. Well, look and what happened got to there, Kevin McAllister. <laughs> exactly. It's very true easy. story. Not a lot of people very know. Easy. True story. True story. Yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> the sequel made up, but first one, <laughs> true story. Um, and this is uh, Bruce Willis. We obviously all know him now, but uh, really at this point, just a TV star. Yeah. Just, you know, moonlighting. Moonlighting. And people were like, can he carry an action movie? I mean, this was <laughs> really like a different kind of gamble. They're making this in 1987. He gets $5 million for this movie, which was unheard of yeah. at the time. And still honestly, unheard of for me I, on my salary. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, I still don't know why, though. You know, because Moonlighting is just a TV show. Who? What, what precedent is there for a yeah, guy yeah. from a TV it, show doing... I mean, it's a big movie. Like, it was a big it, movie it, then. You're right. Yeah, but it was a why? hit TV show. Why? but It was different, and and the world of TV was different than movies then. Exactly. Yeah, it's not like it's you know. Oh, he was on Breaking Bad, so he deserves like a huge. You know, it's like it's just a TV show. So I don't get it. Ugh, this guy. What's his name? Ellis. 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 Yeah. I'm just glad it came together the way it did. You know, I know beards were big in the '80s, but when I see this movie, I just am so much more like comforted by the idea that beards have like transcended all these decades like this um, because he's in a suit. He's in a Mm -hmm. powerful corporate position Mm -hmm. yet has this big bushy beard. And I just think that's, that's cool. You're speaking to how like maybe the sideburns in a star Wars from the seventies has not aged particularly (laughs) well. To me, this this is somebody could roll in looking like Ellis now and, and and it would totally be great. Yeah, exactly. I think it's actually kind of come back around. I think in the nineties, they went out a little bit. Yes. That's, I guess what I'm saying. The weird chin strap stuff. We've (laughs) had dips in the beard. uh, culture. I mean, look at him. No beard. (laughs) Yeah. 
You know, craft the craft beer world. I think brought the brought the beard back to <laughs> such an extent <laughs> to the big right. ones that now these trim back ones look like clean shaven. The <laughs> right, military might right. even accept it soon. It's so true. My mom always said she loved my dad and a beard, and he could never. You know, you can have the mustache if it was trimmed correctly. Oh, but I you, see. You couldn't have the beard, even if your you dad had a great mustache. Yeah, my dad was coming through. Mister McLean. No telephono. Shit. In the next movie, they have phones on the plane. (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) there's five of these now. Let's just call it three of these. (laughs) And only one, you you really have a nice relationship going with John and and Holly. Right. Um, Sadly. By the third one, she's reduced to a single phone phone. call. Yeah, Yeah, call. Such a bummer. Because Bonnie Bedelia is pretty great. I mean, she's... Oh, she's fantastic, man. uh, Let me read here. This. She's so good at this. This is a nothing part, and she's really memorable. Right. California. California. I, that that probably right does now. summarize a lot of East Coasters' feeling of California, oh, but I don't know why. Right. Like, I don't quite understand what the sentiment there is. Is it is it irritation? It, I think it's irritation at how fantastical it all seems, <laughs> but but unattainable. Like I don't okay. even think they sure, buy sure. it. The people who it's kind they of like Instagram even now, right? It's real. The people yeah. who are doing it now, I don't think people who look at that as much as they might envy it really believe those people. That's the life they live. So much as that's what they promote on their Instagram right, page. Right. Right. Um, and I also think that I can tell you in little old Goldsboro, North Carolina, um, that. If they see California, they're seeing that girl jumping into that guy's arms, <laughs> yeah. and also the guy who tries to kiss John McClane at the party. Right? Oh, like, right! Fuck? Like it's coming Fucking up. California. Those are the, I think, the two things that yep. they they kind of think of. They can identify with that, yeah. Well, so we meet Argyle, who's awesome. Argyle's great. What a great sidekick, and not not the only sidekick. Obviously, there's right, um, right. There are a few. That's another thing that really kind of elevates this movie. They're, they're just these small roles that don't have to matter at all. Right. You know, but they end up being the thing you're quoting the most and is memorable. All right. Century City. There's Olympic Boulevard. Our old hood. <laughs> now, I don't know if it'll continue because of, uh, you know, COVID and everything else. But last year they had just mm. started the Nakatomi Tower candlelight vigil. Right. Which I think right. was attempted by about or attended by about 25 people <laughs> where they <laughs> gathered at that building as if it was, <laughs> a, if real it was a real attack. occurrence. Yeah. <laughs> and saying a lot, people, carols, I a lot think. of people died here. Yep. Oh, man. What a <laughs> they die hard. They died hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what a what an event that that was and hopefully will be again. Well, these beauty shots of the building, which while it's still daylight in the movie, I want to just mm-hmm. mention, like, uh, there's Jan DeBont's name. I I just love how orange L.A. is in the beginning of this movie. It's yeah, so satisfying. Yeah. And obviously that's sort of because in all of the Nakatomi interior scenes, they have this big, like, orange, like, matte painting behind L.A., which is not ever what it really looks like. Right, but it's right. it fits they gotta with match it. the cinematography of it all. And it kind of is this orange golden hour for like what seems like forever because they until it's midnight they landed. Yeah, it's he that. got his luggage. He got in this car, drove all the way down Olympic yeah. and is now in Century City. And it just looks like this, which 
Yeah, sometimes it sort of does. That's but... why people roll their eyes, Kelly, and say California. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I no, get honestly, it. it it is though. With, even with that matte painting, that corner office. Yeah, it really is beautiful. I understand oh, why yeah. they did it. It's awesome. Like it looks so they, great. They really do the make time. it look beautiful. I mean, because if it wasn't orange, to me. If if all of this wasn't golden hour and orange, there would be an entirely different vibe to the movie. Yeah. There's something about this yeah. that's so otherworldly, and it's like they're on Mars, that it feels like they're in a weird bubble. Um, and I love it. So this building is in Century City. It's owned by Fox Studios, and um, it was brand new at the time of this filming. Still under Still under construction. We can get more into that later, but um, it's just awesome that this is such a iconic piece of movie locations, and it is great. just sitting there on the road. You pass it all the time. I worked in Century City for eight years at the Apple mm-hmm. Store, two blocks mm-hmm. away, and just to be able to drive by it and like have the memories of like the tank coming up the steps and yeah, everything yeah. is so cool. Die Hard um, jumps into your mind. Every time you drive by, a hundred percent. If you're you or me, every and single day, I passed it for eight years. <laughs> yeah, I passed it every times. day, twice a day, and I was just like, oh, "It's so cool, <laughs> so true, and so <laughs> it's just cool. a stupid building." But it's so cool because you know, I watched this in my first film class. It was like one hundred and one, you know, film one hundred and one mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh yeah, and we watched a lot of like mainstream movies in that one with the attempt to like kind of pick them apart a bit. And this one was one that we watched, and he's like, you know, this is this is a character this is truly a character in the movie it's not just a location and i think right. that's very true right. yeah a touchscreen 1988 that's pretty remember cool remember when computers were just this <laughs> right <laughs> this is cutting edge yeah get off where you hear the noise how does that work <laughs> wait 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 wait, uh, wait what, a minute what there's noises going number on number do <laughs> yeah press a button gotta press a button i heard something that's so weird also, for being so secure, you would think, well, I don't know if they lock down elevators at this point. I work at a building now where yeah, it's a big thing, right? Where right. security walks you over there. They swipe you to whatever floor if they want you to go to one place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whoever you may be. Like, he came in, right? And he said, I'm here for the party and selected someone else's name. He, right. It wasn't like he gave gave his name. He, he, that was thing. a selection of who you're visiting. It was just right. you picked right. the person in the building you're visiting. but Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, as yeah. I said, I right. believe you could show up and say, yeah, I'm here for James. Whatever. I'm yeah. here for Bill Clay. Yeah. Bill. Bill Clay. 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 Bill. I know Clay. him as Bill. You yeah. see him on the screen as William. <laughs> no big deal. Just a little detail that sells it. Right. God, yeah, I sure. still, I just get tingles watching this movie i i don't know if it'll ever get old for me but it's it really doesn't I ever get really old we watch it. this every year we usually go <laughs> see know. it you know pre-covid we were seeing it yeah. in theaters at least once a christmas at some screening you know yeah. midnight screening it's so satisfying to do that and it really doesn't get old yeah yeah i agree and you know the big debate obviously has become through the years is Die Hard a Christmas movie, which is a fun one to get into. Right. Um, it, what's interesting is whether wherever you land on that, at a certain point, if your tradition is watching Die Hard every Christmas, which it's kind yeah. of become, you know, and obviously Christmas is a big part of the movie, like the building. And you know, California. he doesn't kiss him on the lips. No, he ki- no he, he it's a cheek, cheek kiss. It's like but you know this was incredibly also common full... in a lot of countries. Well, this was full Reagan eighties, right? Like I guess, we, I guess so. we were transitioning yeah. to George H. W. But yeah, yeah. I, I really think I mean this is this is like 
you know, we're, we're moving right into that AIDS period, homophobic period. Right. I mean, it's, it, you know, there, there's a line in lethal weapon. Cause we just watched that one last night where, you know, they're doing their whole, uh, theories on you know, what happened to Dixie. Did she jump out? Was she pushed out of the window? Right. And they're like, let's just say she wasn't there with a the man. Cause they found her naked. She was there with a woman. And you know, I've said this before, but Mel Gibson's line is okay. Disgusting, but okay. And it's like the most leaned into line yes. of all time. And that's for lesbians, right. like, like a lesbian idea, which by, by wild things, by 98, people yeah. were already saying, oh, lesbians is okay, but I don't want to see two gay cheering guys. Cheering them on. You know? Yeah, of course. Yeah, like, Very so weird. it's pretty wild. That was 87, one year before. Here's that gorgeous painting. We've transitioned to a more of a, a super dusk color on the painting. Yeah. Hey, we're flexible. Well, I live in the United States, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a more guy? annoying you guy? Know, in it's any not movie? always easy to nail the shit-eating, you know, He's a- corporate guy. I mean, and once you say booby, you're you're done. Yeah, this is the blueprint. He is the white knight. Yeah, of that character. I like Ellis a lot, actually. <laughs> There's something about him. Oh, me too. That's yeah. the thing. He's yeah. likable, even though he's kind of a sleaze. Right. The way he's looking at her. Good God. Oh yeah, he loves her in front of her husband. I have a list of Should actors that were considered for the Holly uh, role. Ooh, from Lame IMDb Mommy. trivia. Linda Hamilton, Gina Davis, Deborah Winger, Michelle Pfeiffer, Jamie Lee Curtis, Carrie Fisher, and Kelly McGillis. I think Linda Hamilton would have kind of been interesting. I think um, this is pre-Terminator 2 also. Yeah. So this is more Linda from 84. Linda Hamilton might have. I feel like Carrie Fisher actually could have probably done. I think she would have played off of him good. I think Deborah Winger can do anything, so mm-hmm. I'm, maybe right. I'm wrong. I do think Bruce Willis and Deborah Winger, there was, there's a chance one of them would have killed the other one. Right. <laughs> just based <laughs> right. on stories you've heard from. But look, moon, Moonlighting was like that, right? Like, apparently Bruce Willis did not get along at all with Sybil Shepard. Right. And um, it big sparks, so sometimes that works. I wonder why. And, you know, I've only ever seen, other than this, Bonnie Bedelia, like, I, I think she's so good, but I don't know if you ever saw Presumed Innocent with Harrison Ford. No. She plays his wife, and she's really great in that. Um, and again, kind of a side character, but it ends up being really, really good. And I just feel like I would have seen her in more things. He's talking about staying with someone in Pomona. This yeah. is what people do when they come to L.A. They don't understand how big it is. Um, I mean, I definitely didn't. The first time me and my dad ever came here, we got a place in Pasadena right. not knowing you know, anything. But we were just kind of like, oh, okay, I guess we're going to have to drive into the city every, town. <laughs> every day. Right. But, you know, you look at a map and it's hard to tell and it's hard to tell. How it's long very it takes hard to, to get tell, places yeah. and you roll your eyes. You say, well, you have to have a home. consultant, an L.A. consultant. Yeah, if you're coming true. to L.A., just give me a call. Call us. Don't come here blind. You're going to end up in Torrance or some shit. Yeah. We work cheap. We're not free. <laughs> we, work we work cheap. cheap. Yeah. I like his chest hair. Is that okay for me to say? Yeah. I, I mean, like it's not as nice as, and thick as mine, but yeah. Oh, well, no, nobody's <laughs> is as nice as yours, but he's got a spot up top and then right. you start the next spot, right? So now you're leaving it to the imagination. It's, it drifts it's down multiple into the spots. Yep. Right, right. 
Also, I never wanted to wa- wear a wife beater before this movie, and I've never <laughs> wanted to take one off after this movie. Uh, the way that it goes from that white to that grimy gray brown yeah. when he gets out of the first air conditioning shaft, right, right. I just always loved. So I've got two bits of trivia about the about the uh, white undershirt. Um, one is that the costume department had seventeen of them in various stages of degradation. Oh, so great! And where's the other one? Uh, da, 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 da. uh, in 2007, he donated, I'm not sure which one, but one of them, uh, to the Smithsonian. <laughs> oh, wow. I wonder if any of them ended up at planet Hollywood's. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> My favorite restaurant when I was 12 and didn't care about food. Right, right. Yeah. I just food. wanted to look at the not thing, which is a great reason. I mean, planet Hollywood was awesome and they really yeah, I mean, had look, awesome It was stuff. Applebee's, but it had movie props. So the one I, the one that stands is. out for me that I remember is, well, two things is that the, um, the last one I remember going to, which was probably Florida, like Orlando, mm-hmm. what, uh, it had the model of the undersea explorer from a, the abyss, which oh, was, wow. a, it was a decent size model. It was probably like four or five or six feet across kind of a square is that big white, like submersible rig that they were in. Um, yeah. so it was a massive model, but it was hanging like above the tables and it was just a cool thing. Yeah, the other incredible. one is that the, so cool. the, DeLorean that is on the train tracks at the end of Back to the Future 3. So it's the one that specifically has the train wheels on it was yeah. hanging in the Honolulu um oh, man. Planet Hollywood and it was recently purchased. It was it was like in a crate in storage after Planet Hollywood closed and the person who bought it is fully restoring it because it was wow. barely hanging wow. together. It was just like a shell of a car, but it's it's one of the I think 3 or 4 screen used DeLoreans that was still around. That's awesome. Um, so they're That's doing awesome. a full restore on it. It feels like Florida should be the place where the last planet Hollywood is. <laughs> right. Yeah. For some reason. Uh, international I, I used drive. to have that speech, <laughs> that little speech memorized. I used to just walk around saying that back to AC, then back to magic, right? Boom. Two points. And no one ever <laughs> knew what I was talking about, but sure. I used to say it a lot. Now, we know this because we've watched all kinds of things for Die Hard, but right. there is no ambulance in the back of this truck. Not that there couldn't have been, right? But at the time they were filming this, you know, because later they drive the ambulance right, out. That's out of the it. spoiler alert. Right. They're getting out. At the time they were filming this, they did not have uh, an exit strategy. Is that right? Like, we we got to come up with this. <laughs> but we'll right. figure it out. You know, we'll figure right. it out. And everything else was kind of in play. So the only issue was, and they just kind of decided, you know, no one's going to know that notice that or remember it. And right. if this movie hadn't become so big and people didn't go back and watch it, no one uh-huh. would have. So exactly. it's not a huge error. I actually kind of interesting. never paid attention to that, but that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. yeah. What's this guy's name? I, you know what? I don't remember his name offhand, but it's so funny because whenever I see him, it's just this and Walker, Texas Ranger, baby. Oh, which right. Were, which yes. were like yes. giant things in the finding household when we were growing up. I'll tell you that. That's funny. He uh, was the sidekick see. action guy in that one. His name is Theo. Oh, yeah. And he was in Top oh, Gun also. We've talked guy. about that. We did the oh, Top yeah. Gun oh, yeah. episode. That's the other one. Yeah. His, uh, hey, his... man, we could have had him. We could have <laughs> had, had, had him. Yeah. <laughs> I will fire when I'm good and goddamn ready. Yeah. What a, what a testosterone-y Jesus masculine Christ, moment that I was. Know. Ooh, made the hair yep. stand up on my arms. <laughs> <laughs> the 
there's just, there, you know, sometimes just all the little elements come together just right. I mean, even the singing while you're kicking out, none of this matters. No, no, but it, it's very satisfying. And yeah, it, it fills the look out, the, out characters. the window before he swipes it. They're, all the little beats, character beats are perfect. John McTiernan is no f- fucking joke. You know, yeah. I haven't heard a lot of interviews with him. I should probably do some more research on him. But that 12-minute thing that just came out is mm-hmm. very telling. He's he's a, a, a very thoughtful and super deliberate person. And oh, I I'm think that you could, you could argue that even some of our most popular directors are not anywhere near to that extreme. Right. Um, I... I I wish he was still making stuff, but I also yeah, support him doing whatever he wants to do. Um, making YouTube videos about tyranny. Basically. Well. Yeah. Well, I mean, even like, the, I don't know if he has a name in this, this character in this movie, but you know, the guy who plays Indo in lethal weapon, the uh-huh. shocking Mel, I mean, his whole, when they're about to have that gunfight and he notices the candy bar, you know, mm-hmm. and reaches for one. I mean, right. like, you know, all the little stuff like that is the stuff that just isn't in most movies. And it doesn't matter. No, but it's like it's a little more flavor, right? Like it's a little more yep. icing on the cake. And when you put those all together and suddenly you've got a 100 of them in a movie. Right. You don't even it know why you're enjoying it so much character. more. Yeah. yeah and, and it eliminates the dead time where you've just got to get from one beat right. to another. Right. Where people kind of zone out and. You yeah. Know, some flavor. Uh, this yeah. was back before we made movies for people to be on their phones while they were watching the movie. Right, and you right. had to try to keep them engaged at all moments. Yeah. He's got a huge scar on his right right arm. I know. I don't I think know. I ever really clocked how big that is because it gets so dirty. He gets so dirty. But Right. I wonder where that's from. Yeah. I don't know. Wouldn't it be great if he was like two years before I made this movie, I was at a Christmas party. <laughs> right. <laughs> Darius took over the building. And... Not again. <laughs> These guys are great too as brothers. I mean, we barely yeah. see them together, but. Right, right. So one way to do it. You just got to cut them all. You're really going to risk the whole plan. Like this guy's a loose Just cannon. because he's, he's too impatient. Yeah. Gives him that shit eating smirk afterwards. He's like, yeah, good job. That's pretty okay. cool though. Pretty cool though. <laughs> <laughs> These motherfuckers. Yeah. What a bully big brother. <laughs> Speaking of uh Bonnie Bedelia being in a movie with Harrison Ford, that terrorist is also in Witness with Harrison Ford, plays a complete oh. pacifist character who likes Harrison Ford's lady. Interesting. Here we go. Oh man, shit's so going good. down. It's so good. First movie role for Alan Rickman. Unbelievable. This I mean, his breakout Hollywood slash feature film debut. He was a he was a stage actor in uh, in England, and uh, he's in some British television. Rest in peace to Alan Rickman. He's yeah, in my seriously. two favorite Christmas movies: Love Actually and Die Hard. Right. Um, he really is incredible. I mean, Bruce, this is Bruce's movie, but Alan Rickman. He kind of steals me, every movie. Yeah, as the, the character in this movie is just the best. There's yep. the obligatory titty shot from oh, uh, was all there one? 80s rated R that. action movies. Yeah, they're banging Shit. in the other office. <laughs> I missed it. He kind of steals Galaxy Quest, too. Oh, God, yeah, um, come on. Yeah. My granddaughter's hammer. 
You know, the the other thing this movie did, no movie has ever done so much for bland stairways in buildings. Right. I, I can't walk up the stairwell in the building I work at now without thinking <laughs> of running through it barefoot like right. in Die Hard. It just is what it is. I'm sure that in the movie, McLean would love to have some really good shoes on throughout most of this movie, but there's something about being barefoot that you just feel like you can do anything. And, <laughs> you know, him running around until there's a mess everywhere, yeah. it's probably yeah. of, of some benefit to be barefoot. He's very nimble. Well, like, He's very quiet. Can't hear yeah, those true. little footsteps. Well, I think him also, again, it's just one more thing, right, where he's a little more exposed. It obviously plays into his fear of flying stuff, but then right. just giving him something to look for shoes, like when he finds the shoes right. that are too small. It's definitely I mean, you know, all those little satisfying be, be, plant, yeah. planting those seeds for, yeah, when the glass is on the, on the floor. Spoiler alert. This is one of those movies where if cell phones existed, yeah, probably wouldn't, the movie wouldn't happen. There's a lot of those movies. <laughs> there was a time where, yeah, yeah, you could get this done. He is so good. When you find out this is all bullshit. Right. I mean, you know, it, this would be effective. He's playing it as if he's giving it, right? Like the right. real speech. Like, this would be so effective if they were terrorists. <laughs> when you find out it's horseshit, it's just so great. I saw this movie when I was very young, um, kind of a TV recorded version. Cause my dad was like, we're watching die hard. Right. Um, thank God to his credit. But this really terrified me, him searching for Takagi in this mm-hmm. scene when I was a kid. I mean, just, Rickman is pretty, pretty effectively terrifying. Yeah. Look, this guy knows. Yeah, that turn and yep. father of five, yep. and it's and not just him. the performance is great. No but smile. the lighting on his face, yep. those eyes. I yep. mean, it's, that's that's the way you perfect. do that scene. Yeah. You know, I mean, this movie is shot so well too. Um, yeah. Oh God, so good. For, you know, I would even argue. Like, I haven't watched Lethal Weapon in a couple of years. I'm gonna probably watch that over this Christmas. But I think this is more artful um, oh yeah in terms yeah. of the staging of everything yeah it, and and that's combination of mctiernan and uh and janabont the construction or of Yon. the weapon is not uh right you know it, it, that's not why you're you're like it's so much fun right and right the characters you could argue are more fun and the back and forth the buddy cop angle and it's a great great action movie i mean right. die hard and lethal weapon are both in the top five of my action movies but this one is almost, con- it's almost too well constructed. I mean, it, it's constructed <laughs> as if it's like an important movie. Do you know what I mean? Yes, <laughs> like it's yes. like some kind of art movie or something that's going to go for the Oscars, but it's an action spectacle. So cool model. Yeah. yeah. This room is awesome. Cool table too. 
Yeah, you got to give it up to. I know they were using the building that was already there, right. but just like all of the art, art direction, you know, set design and everything yep. else, all the it, little it really is. I mean, flares are great. E- even like the 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 naked girl calendar that he keeps passing going through the elevator. <laughs> yes. shit, you know what I mean? Like all the just these little flares that are just great. Like of course the construction guy's got that up there while he's working. And also something about it feels so American that this is a heist. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know why that feels more American to me, but just sure. going for the money, just. <laughs> God, he's good. Feeling this is like, another time like, what's where... your password? Yeah, yeah. This is another time where you, you really see when you watch the three of these, Dyer 1, 2, 3, how much the, the villain impacts, how much the enjoyment of the movie, right? Like, this one is fantastic. The third one is fantastic with Jeremy Irons. I mean, they are right great choices for villains. And not that there's anything wrong with Die Hard 2, but those guys could have been any villain. You know, those are just yeah. the textbook menacing, like, we're going to kill you. You know, like there's yeah. there's just not anything that they're just silly stands yeah. out the same way as, as these guys are fantastic. Right. The Gruber brothers. Yep. Tarantino spinoff movie. Yeah. You want money? Good terrorist eye. It's great. So great. Terrorists. Oh, so good. Yeah, that was really great. Great. Um, the music also, man. Every time these little beats come in, just that kind of you're hiding. Dun 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 dun. Yeah. I mean, all of it to me is, it comes together just so great. God, the amount of sneaking around in my house I did <laughs> pretending I was in this building sure. as a child with a is gun. absurd. Yeah. With a with a toy gun. Yeah, Put the gun away. Yeah. I had so many toy guns. I was so into guns. I am so lucky that I'm uh, I don't want to get super political in this, but I'm so lucky that I'm white because I spray painted guns. <laughs> oh black. yeah. You know oh yeah, I got rid of that orange shit on the front. Absolutely. Oh man, run oh, my around guns the <laughs> in the suburbs is a safe place to do that and you're going to be fine. It's such a good point, man. I I hear you. Tragically, but that's so funny. I mean, that's brought up in this movie actually. That's it's totally fine for me to bring that up. This <laughs> he had a ray gun, looked real enough. That's right. a whole I have a note that says uh Sam Neill was offered this role and turned it down. Sam Neill. It's a weird, I, I don't know. I don't know what he was like in the eighties. Maybe, but he could have done it, but it wouldn't have been what it is. I mean, he played the antichrist in the omen part three and he, right. he's kind of terrifying, but <laughs> I like Argyle's sweater or not Argyle. Sorry. Uh, what was his name? Um, uh, uh, I looked it up. Uh, who, who are we talking about? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, Theo, Theo, yeah, Theo. Filter it to You're just gonna have to kill me. Okay. <laughs> the bet, the gambling too. For yeah, he's gonna kill him. I heard something. It sounded like a guy with no shoes on. Fuck. 
what was it? I, I know they, they sell this moment with Argyle sitting in the limo, listening to the yeah. music and jamming out, but in all sincerity, whether he was or not, if they're at the top of this building, he's not hearing that shot, right? No, like no, kind of there's the... no universe where, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great response here. Yeah. You know, Rickman has amazing pauses, you know, like he just holds those lines, holds those beats. It's a very powerful acting kind of technique or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Just people that really take their time with lines. And I think that Mm -hmm. I've never been into acting, but I would imagine that you look at someone like Meryl Streep or whoever, it's probably like the thing that sets a lot of actors, really great actors apart is just the, the time that they take to deliver their lines knowing the rhythm right of how yeah, to deliver exactly. it. like it just and and father of five is part of you know so uh-huh. you kind of yeah because um, none of that is in the script you know you remember that documentary thing. for galaxy quest where they talk about uh-huh. rickman as he had gotten you know sick and sure and, and eventually passed away sadly but there that moment where they talk about when he had gotten sick and he had a role lined up and he's talking to one of his buddies and he yeah. said and i asked him so you're not going to do that anymore he said no and they said well who are they going with and he looked at him and took a long pause and said bill nye <laughs> like in a very like snape type voice bill oh you could just and he hear went, him and he went it. way down on the nye, yeah. bill nye. Oh, nye. <laughs> so good what a guy that's great You know, just the shots, the construction of the shots, the movement of the camera. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything in this really is, it just paints the scene so well. Mm-hmm. All part of the plan, Theo. <laughs> is that his real tattoo? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a skeleton. I th- I think it's real. Hmm. Some kind of skeleton or skull or I forget what. Raj, that's a special forces tattoo. <laughs> Mercury pain, switches. Pain. It's pain. pain. It was pain. That I <laughs> I I've always hated that. Like I don't hate the concept <laughs> yeah. of yeah. a boy telling yeah. them something, but how that was written and directed, and then you know they have this boy say this stuff, and you're just like, what? That doesn't even make sense. How did you get to that? That's so dumb. Just have him like, what, he doesn't know the word tattoo? I bet he knows the word tattoo. Just have him say tattoo, like sort of, you know, and it's like pain, 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 it's pain. Like what? Like how about like crayon or drawing or like he's not a baby. He's like eight years old, that kid. (laughs) He's wearing 3D glasses. I hated it. Back to the Future. I just hey, there's the, the Ralphs. Ralph it's there. still there. Yeah, I don't Same think exact that, Ralphs. you know, obviously until I moved out here, I didn't even know what Ralphs was. Oh, right. And as I've mentioned to you and on the podcast before, the reason Ralphs has no apostrophe S is the guy who started that store. <laughs> His last name is literally Ralphs. Ralphs, with an S, right. Which still boggles so, my mind. So but. funny. Weird. Um, yeah, what I like about that is that that shot is geographically accurate. <laughs> yeah. Like he's yeah. looking down at Ralph's, which is 
at that angle at that distance from that yeah. side or i don't know if it's that side of the building but you could you could presume that any side is any side at any time right yeah. so they're not making it up they're just no it's just there. like kind of funny that they did that this guy in his glasses Feels like they might should have spared two terrorists, <laughs> <laughs> whether it was John or not. I promise I won't hurt you as he cocks the gun. There's nothing there. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I don't want to ignore the fact that these guys are just wearing like sweatpants and sweatshirts it's yeah crazy the attire it's not like a tactical like it's not even like I cargo know. pants with a sweater it's <laughs> like he's wearing sweat he's wearing what i'm wearing right now gray sweatpants and a sweatshirt honestly the the one thing that's that's very kind of 80s about this that i think would have changed now is that and also just their hair they talked about this on some specials about this but how oh, everybody looks like a european model their long hair right. you know all these things if they're you assume even if they're not terrorist military now, there's some kind of tactical training. So right. it, it seems you unlikely that they would all be like. It's very funny and weird. Yeah. But it is. But it does. Uh, honestly, though, at the same time, it, it it again gives this thing a very kind of specific look and tone uh-huh. and uh-huh. The idea of these elegant European. Well, it, it goes along with the fact that they changed this from a story about terrorists to a story about thieves. And thieves mm-hmm. are kind of a different breed. Um, yeah, you know, we should mention th- this. The book that this is very loosely based on right. uh, is uh, a story called The Detective, which right. was a, turned into a movie starring Frank Sinatra. And they couldn't really move forward with this movie until he actually passed right. on the rights for the sequel. Now he was like, I think in the, his 60s the novel the was time. Nothing Lasts Forever, I think is yeah, the novel. Yeah, that was and the sequel to Frank The Detective. Frank Sinatra, correct. yeah, was in the movie The Detective. And so they had to, you know, offer. Yeah, him. Well, and I'm not sure if this is accurate because I had never heard this until recently, but just recently on, um, I can't remember which podcast, I think it might have been Unspooled um, with uh, Paul Shear, Mm -hmm. where they were mentioning that, um, oh no, it was You Must Remember This, which is a fun history of Hollywood podcast. Um, And they mentioned that Frank Sinatra wanted um, his uh, wife at the time, Mia Farrow, his young wife, to be in nothing lasts forever with him in which case we would probably never have gotten to die hard assuming it went forward and she didn't do that movie she um was going to star in rosemary's baby Mm -hmm. and she sort of chose her career and he was so off put by that that he served her divorce papers (laughs) on the set of rosemary's baby he sent someone to serve her divorce papers um and I just, all of that is fascinating and ridiculous and I'm glad it worked out the way it did. Can you imagine a Sinatra? Obviously sure. it'd be a totally different movie. We wouldn't know about it, but being a like 60 something year old cop in this building with his young wife, Mia Farrow, I yeah, guess. No thanks. Bonnie Bedelia, <laughs> no thanks. Role. I think we'd be preferring Lethal Weapon as our Christmas cop movie in that case. Um, part of the trivia said, uh, that Jan DeBont, the DP of this movie, um, got Speed, caught in an or got trapped in an elevator during the filming of this movie. At some point, he was trapped, huh. uh, and that directly informed that opening sequence of Speed. Like he based it on his experience 
of being oh, trapped in an yeah, elevator during the making of this because he directed Speed. Art imitates life, baby. Right. Again, great choice to be snacking. He's just eating. Yeah, it's while great. While you give this speech. or the rest of his life so bad we have left so (laughs) now I have a machine gun ho 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 I think a lot of people, when they remake that sweatshirt, they put mm-hmm. ho 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 at the top, don't they? I, I uh, think that's a good question. I, think I don't people, know. I, have, I think um, people fuck almost, up. Yeah, I've almost pulled the trigger maybe ten times on uh, buying it. On, on buying that <laughs> yeah. from Amazon just because it's not right. Not I think he, I think you should make it. But go to go to Walmart, get a shitty sweater. <laughs> yeah, it's better, just, right? It's better. It's when better you put if it's written. into it. Yeah, exactly. It's just a, a red sharpie. I'll tell you what, I know this isn't going to add anything to the podcast, but <laughs> I have a gift bag from you since we are watching oh, yeah. this Christmas yeah. movie that you dropped off, and I'm going to look I forgot about now, that. if that's okay. okay. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm sure you'll have some here. thoughts. Yeah, it's uh, right. it's apparel, so it's a good segue. Yeah, yeah. This is Christmas 2020. Oh, man. What, what did Kelly get Patrick? A Maverick and Goose presidential race 2020. Style shirt. More specifically, you know where I got that was in Annapolis, Maryland, the home of oh, the Naval of Academy. And uh, I had never been to Annapolis, but I went to Annapolis with Laurie and we walked around a bit. And <sighs> I was like, "That's something Patrick would love." So you I son got of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> I do love it. Thank you so yeah, much, of course, man. man. This, is, uh, this is fantastic. Yeah. Um, do you really believe that I've lost that love and feeling? That's, I think that is the question. <laughs> you lost it. Um, I hate it when he does that. <laughs> I hate it when he does that. All right. So that is <laughs> yeah. one. I have multiple gifts here. There's there's one more thing. I am fortunate in my friends. This is a the oh, annual. Nice. Did you get this from the new Bev? Yeah, yeah, they did this uh, recently. I got one for myself too, but this is a Christmas edition new Beverly shirt. Word, uh, new Beverly man. Cinema Christmas shirt. Yeah, thank Anyways, you. You're welcome. Are they selling online? Do you know for the, stuff? The, this one is like so. They n- the answer is no. The, all of the uh, normal merch that New Bev sells, which a lot of people want because we've gone a whole year without visiting them. Yeah. yeah. And they had so many good once upon a time shirts before COVID, um, which by the way, I have two of them and one of them is the best shirt I've ever owned, like in terms of the quality and its durability and and its comfort and everything. And so I'm like desperate to buy more of them, but they're just simply not selling their merch right now. That one is a collaboration. Some artists did that for them. I don't know if like proceeds are partially going to them or whatever, but it was through a third party website. Um, but, uh, they announced they, they had it on their social media. So it's, you know, it's their shirt, but, um, but it wasn't like one of their direct merch things. So anyways, yeah. but yeah, uh, glad well, you like Thank it. you so much. Man. Of course, man. Great. <laughs> I, I only asked because I was going to mention on the podcast, like I, you know, just to support the theater, it'd be great if you could go online and that's the thing. If, if they had their there. merch online, I feel like, but I, I, I am hoping, I don't know that it's been in the news, but I'm hoping Tarantino is just totally funding that place and all the people that work in it I uh, feel like to, a, to the nth degree, because not. how much money could it possibly cost other than he probably, the, he probably owns the building, but even if he yeah. doesn't, who cares? Yeah. Um, um, 
they can't have a staff of more than five to 10 people. So what if he's out a couple of million bucks for the year? You know what I mean? Right, it's it's right. probably worth it to keep Nothing everybody to him, yeah. safe. Yeah. You know, I think I've mentioned this to you before, but um, on the, on the TV version of this that I had uh, oh, yeah. on VHS that I watched a thousand times till it wore out, um, when Bonnie Bedelia says, you know, something's wrong and he says the cops and he, she says, John, it's a hard cut on the TV version. I think they were just trimming time, but mm-hmm. I've always felt like that was a better cut than her being like, he's like, what's he doing? He's like, his job, you know, and all that. Like oh. it carries on for another couple of lines. That's and interesting. The, yeah. You know, and it's just because they were cutting it for time, but I mm-hmm. just always thought that was a more effective cut. Like where she like just realizes John. it's John yeah. and right. then moves on. That's an you know, interesting point. Later. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, uh, there's some made-for-TV editor somewhere that agrees with you. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. He's, He's like, like, I'm gonna re-edit this. this fucking movie. Yeah. Oh. This is the this is the moment. Yeah, this is great. I mean, what a what a great response from him. Obviously, that's yeah. yeah. it's the only logical thing to say. Uh, it really does make the LAPD look uh, so oh. inept. Do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza is also a good response. <laughs> I mean, hilarious, yeah. <laughs> but this one's just Just because one. he's in peril doesn't mean he can't yeah. be having fun. I like how dismissive she is of it, where she says, ah, you know, let's send a car. Like, she just heard gunfire. Send, you know send I mean? a vehicle. Like, <laughs> send a vehicle. Yeah, she's That's like, ah, he's matters. making lots of noise. It's also always bugged me that this guy behind the counter doesn't exactly look like a string bean. And he's really taking some jabs at the chubby right, cop. Right, you right. know, it's like, hey, buddy, like. It's called projecting, Patrick. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you got to knock others down. So, so you feel AM, PM. AM, PM. So job. wait, so I'm pretty sure this is the same. I'm actually trying to remember exactly where this is supposed to be because I don't think this is still here. Yeah, I think we've talked about that this isn't there anymore. Because but I think I actually our buddy Chance wanted to go and like stand right, get is, some you know, Twinkies, get that exact yeah. view, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, get a night lady knocked up because this this might thing. be from the eastern side of Olympic. Uh, there is a gas station over there, but I don't think that's it. I don't I don't think that's there anymore. But but how often do gas stations go away? I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, I guess that's a that's a fair point. How fun would it be shooting a sh- a shootout? On a rooftop, like on a real rooftop. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Like I feel like, like this. You know, we're never gonna do this again. Let's right. uh, let's get everything out of this one that we want. Right. The guns also sound so great. Yeah. This more applies to the interior scenes, but there's one bit of trivia here that says um, that the uh, oh God, where is it? I lost it. Um. Let's see. Did I commit it to memory? Oh, I sorted it. I'll try. Um, that the interior scenes that look out on LA are largely, um, well, okay. Wait a second. So, oh, I found it. Through the buildings, windows, the lighting. Okay, so a lot of the scenes are practical, right? There is a set when right. they're in the the, the big two-story Nagatomi-like lobby area. That's a set. Mm-hmm. But a lot of ah. the scenes are out the windows of the real building, you know, especially the scenes where he's on the, you know, under construction levels and stuff like that. Right. So 
it's incredibly hard to be filming indoors and see the lights of the city outside. So they used something that now is probably not a big deal, but it's a 50 millimeter 1.1 uh, anamorphic film lens, which is the fastest <laughs> boobies, <laughs> boobies. Um, the fastest lens available at the time. And so it has a very wide aperture. It's able to let in a lot more light than most cinema lenses um but it creates a super out of focus background so you get that nice like blurred lights outside you know right look right. but um but very very hard to accomplish that and especially you know then i think lenses have gotten a lot better but okay so this is the um what do they call this uh the keep wanting to say drive shaft the air shaft drive, the drive shaft. <laughs> drive shaft the band from lost um the, <laughs> the what is this called the i, I honestly air don't shaft? know um, i know the stack you know was where the you know for the plumbing and stuff runs see, all the way straight let's up see and down. if i have a a note of, i think i had a note about this stunt they're about to do well, I know that the stuntman actually slipped, right? Yes, that's so the, that's the in, note that great. I have. Let's see. So, yeah, it says the scene where he falls down the shaft was a mistake by the stuntman who was supposed to grab the first vent. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. slipped and continued to fall, but the shot was used anyway. It was edited together with one where McLean grabs the next vent right, down. Right. So presumably the, the stunt man just fell um, no, no, just on kidding. a pad um, and then, yeah. and then uh, they edited it together. Happy accident, man. Right, Obviously again, right. one more thing that's just it's more just effective. Like more tension. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, No problem the other way, but this is better. Right. And right, exactly. makes people just jump out of their seats and squirm. Happy accident. Exactly. I want to mention as this is happening, um, uh, Reginald, uh, Bell Johnson, yep. who who was obviously in uh, Family Matters, of uh, which was something that I watched growing up. You know, this movie comes out one year before that, and it just kind of has always made me wonder, as sort of the warm cop, even though this is an action rated R movie, as kind of the warm sort of friendly cop, if uh-huh. that had any impact, you know, on that at all, or or maybe not. You know, maybe he'd already been cast by the time this came out. I don't know, but uh, but Family Matters came out in '89, started in '89. And um, this was obviously 88. So yeah. he's also the same age. Uh, he was born the same year as my father, uh, 1952. Oh, nice. Oh, here we go. Missed there it. it is. Yeah, oh, you can kind of tell that the stuntman in that scene is not about to grab yeah. one. He is, yeah, he's, he's gone. veering off he's the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah, he's exactly. definitely dead. That's interesting. All right. Can you, with your long, long arms, reach that shaft? <laughs> Here's the famous. Yeah, so great. Air duct. It's a very big air duct. Yeah, big enough. That's the yeah. thing that's different in real life, right? Right. <laughs> it's so great. You know, his kind of, God damn it, the yeah. whole time, you know, that's the kind of mood, God damn it. And also him, you know, he snapped the neck of the first guy by accident, really. They were falling down the stairs. Right. And those really, obviously, this has been talked about at nauseum, but. Uh, those are things that kind of separate this movie, right? That he doesn't want to be a hero. He's annoyed by the whole thing. And also that he's just not the badass we were getting in other eighties no. movies with, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and, he's uh, kind Sylvester of just Stallone. barely getting by. And yeah. I mean, we love those guys, but he's not, he's kind of a small skinny guy too. Yeah. He's built yeah. like a regular guy, like yeah. not an unfit guy. No, he's, he's very like fit, a regular person and he small. plays it like yeah. a regular person. Right. Um, also two other things about that, um, uh, air shaft. 
One, when I was in high school, the the a friend of mine, her, her dad had told me he worked at a, um, a cherry hospital is the the mental institution that's right outside of Goldsboro. And uh, there was a guy who tried to escape by going up into the air shaft oh. and and got stuck and could not get through it. It was like way too small. Yeah. Clearly didn't get very far. You watched this movie too many times. Well, not. Yeah, I was going to say not trying to make light of like this person who had mental illness and sure. was trying to escape. But the the first thing he said to me, he was telling me the story was just like, guess he saw Die Hard and he yeah. thought, you know, those shafts are big enough for that. But and I just remember like, you know, that's like 2001, 2002. Right. And the first thing you're thinking about when somebody's crawling through an air shaft is Die Hard. The other thing is very fun and very easy to make yourself a diehard ornament. Uh, If you just print out a picture of that and bend it, (laughs) right, and put it in a little square. You can take any little box square as the elevator shaft. It looks great. It's fun. Yeah, it looks looks better than it should. Right, right. Anyway. That's a good good tip. Christmas tip. Well, Christmas tip with as, uh, yeah from from us to you. As Stevie Wonder drives his car around here, I am going to uh, make a quick restroom, okay, cool. restroom break. So carry on. We're all alone now. Yep. Don't expect too much. This guy's got Twinkies to eat. Possible crank call. Does he even have his headlights on? Yeah. Okay, I mean... If I were that cop, I'd be like, yeah, this guy's sketchy. He looks crazy. IMDb Trivia says nine of the 12 of these German-looking terrorists were over six feet tall. But only a couple of them could speak German because they were all cast for their appearance, not their nationality. That'd make a sense. Come on. Should probably throw a chair out this window. It's brilliant. Finally, someone's doing something. It's about to throw the chair. Oh, man, I'm jumping back into such an exciting part. Yep. Do you mind if we rewind? I'm not too familiar with this movie. I don't want to be lost. <laughs> Do not touch the dial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So great. I love this. Yeah. Oh, so good. It's amazing. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. The role. Yep. Yeah, such a great role. 
It's like, this table's crazy. No. Yeah. I want to be clear. Yeah. I love this scene. I have no problems with this scene. Right. That table, you can so clearly shoot when it zigzags right. <laughs> the person that's under it. <laughs> but I, but I, I don't care. Yeah. I love it. I'm with it. Don't change a thing. No, see, he's moving in the exact there he is. There zigzag he is. pattern. Yeah, oh, <laughs> you, God, can't, okay. you can't see him. He's going left. This he's going right. Timer. He's going left. He's going right. Okay. Oh, so This was good. a moment that was just the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Yeah. yeah. At the time. <laughs> oh, to hell with this. I got to get home to Steve Urkel. Right. Did I do need? He's probably tearing my house to pieces. Side is frightful. I apologize to all of our listeners for just saying this is so good so often. Yeah, this is so good. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lover of these movies. I don't know what to say. Yeah. What? Let it snow, I don't think that's hilarious. Yes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that is a great response. Okay, get ready. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's also another great yep. little moment. Yeah. Didn't need to be there. No, it's, it's better because of it. Just like quick little shot. <laughs> That's a really, really cool be stunt. Scary. Yeah, really. The really car cool. dropping out from under you, and I can tell you this because I was once in a car driving across a golf course that dropped into a sand trap. Oh, really? And that moment of just the like ground dropping falling. out from underneath yeah. you. Yeah, that is a story for another That's day. That's wild, man. Tweet into us, and I'll wait. A golf cart or a car? A car. Okay. Um, actually, yeah. Who, what the hell? Um, so when you go to UCLA games, they play at the Rose Bowl. Okay. Um, and they park you on the golf course. And the problem with the night game is when you come out, there aren't really many lights. And there's no one to direct you back to your right. car. So I went with my buddy Josh. He had parked there before, but he'd already parked in a certain spot that was filled up. Yeah. So we were very lost. And we were amongst hundreds of others who were lost because a thousand college students were all setting off their panic buttons trying to listen for their car oh my God. alarm to find their car. By the time we found it, so many people were gone. We didn't really know the way to drive off of the golf course because, again, you're in the fairway. So That's crazy. We just started driving towards car lights that you could see in the distance, but it's all dark. And we went over a couple hills, and like the third hill we went over just dropped out from under oh us. I, mean, I thought we were going to the water. Right, it was really, right. It was, too, it was too fast to get scared, yeah. but it was shocking. And then a group behind us of college kids jumped out of their, their you know, Jeep and they just said, Oh my God, man, we were following you guys. We thought you knew where you were going. And they helped us push the car out of the sand trap. But um, it is a scary moment. Sure. So that's a wild story. Fortunately, terrorists were not chasing right. us. It was just stoner college just kids. kids. Some might say the worst. Yeah. Californians. Yeah. Comes our Jeopardy reference. <laughs> Shout out to uh, Alex Trebek. Yep. Rest in peace. Um, that was one of the many, many clips when we used to do tours at Sony 
um, yeah. that they played that showing you how All many things pop in our culture, pop culture references. Would reference. Yeah. Yes, sir. Jeopardy. Pretty incredible. Oh, C4. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good delivery. <laughs> the cigarettes, these are yeah. very bad for you, and that one is whoa. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. <clears throat> so this is all still part of the building you said just the two-story lobby i on, i don't like, know that floors. i don't know that to be a, a fact this is very mm-hmm. heavily set designed this feels like a set yeah. Um, Some of the rooms are so good. All I was I mean, saying cool is that the building, they but. used a pretty significant amount of the building for practical right. filming. Obviously, right. all the exteriors. But when he's on the under construction levels, I'm pretty sure those mm-hmm. are. I'm pretty sure none of those are sets. But I, I could be very wrong. Yeah. I just know I, that's some what I've of always been told: sets. is yeah. the building being under construction already? Right. They were just able to kind upper of run floors. Through there. They just yeah mm-hmm. used and. People were working in the building. Do you know this? Working in the building at the time, some of the offices had moved in down okay. below, and they of course, they, of course, there was a lot of bumping heads with the whole. Right. We're going to be setting off explosives again today. <laughs> um, we'll try to give everyone a heads up, but it's going to be going on for about eight at hours. At least it's all at night, though. You know. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, towards movie. the end of the day. I love this. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Another crossover here from Lethal Weapon to Die Hard coming up with Gail Wallace. Oh, right. She's the police therapist. Much more memorable in her turn in Lethal Weapon uh, as she returns for everyone. She doesn't have much to do in this one, yeah. She didn't have much to do in Lethal Weapon. She's just there to tell them that Riggs is crazy. Right. But by the second and then third and especially fourth, the fourth one, they've the really scene where up the he comedy. fucks with her in the <laughs> Oh, my God. It's very satisfying. Yeah. You're, you're disgusting. You're disgusting. <laughs> I can't marry you. I can't okay? marry you. I know. <laughs> you'll find, you'll find someone. someone. I mean, not in this department, but <laughs> you <in> this department. <laughs> Oh, it's so great. Yeah. Cool. Cool. It was 12 terrorists, right? Ends up being 12. I think that's right. Yep. Cigarettes. Yeah, he said down to nine. The pause in that moment is because he thinks he hears something, correct? That long pause looking back? You know, um, I never read it that way. I read that as that he was coming up with the cigarettes like he 
it just is occurring to him the brand he's uh-huh. i don't i don't know that that was a fully formed <clears throat> thought until that moment judging by their it, clothing it, labels and their they had cigarettes you know but i interesting I could be because wrong. i don't know well, no, no, you you may be right, but this I don't know if you'll remember that when we went and saw Die Hard and Die Hard Two a double feature, and the director oh, yeah? of Die Hard Two was say? there. Remember, we a sure. long time ago at the Egyptian Theater, um, someone asked that question in the crowd, really, and very clearly the director didn't understand the question. Right. He didn't end up really answering it, and the and the mediator, the guy who was hosting, didn't really come back Push to it, it and yeah. you could tell how disappointed the guy was because <laughs> he had asked it after watching you know a full movie with well, a second one coming sure, out it yeah. was like hey why that pause and he didn't get ever get an answer and i've always wondered since then i didn't wonder so much before I th- then i but. think if a if the director of a film or who was it that was answering well see that's the thing was it, a producer? it was the director of the second oh, movie yeah, yeah, so yeah. that he just said what's your read on that why he did that he didn't actually direct him in the oh movie, okay well, so then, maybe he why. wouldn't have had an answer i don't know I don't know if this makes me the weirdo, but I, I saw this movie a, a long time before I ever saw Breakfast Club, and that movie didn't really <laughs> stick in my mind. Right. But having this guy be the principal from Breakfast Club and also it, it's perfect. Um, this police like chief, the yeah, diehard. Oh, man, for the 80s, such a... It's very effective for the movie, but the fact that he is so against his own cop from the very beginning, yeah. the only guy that's been there, right. it's, it's kind of absurd. Like, it's oh, like, no, I, all right, so. yeah, I have a good quote about that later, so we'll, we'll come back to that. But yes, it's absolutely insane. I'd like to know McTiernan's read on the kind of justification of that character and how he plays in and, and why, because it, Hmm. It it is one of the great kind of things in this movie where you're like, oh, yeah. man. Another thing where you could have just had people out Every, front talking to him. Everything is told, so tight, pow, and then to him. this yeah. one guy is, I don't know. It's not, well, it's I mean, not that it's not a realized the- character. It just is kind of like why. I'd, I, I would just like to know because it feels lowbrow compared to the rest of this movie. That's definitely true. But, you know, in terms of things going on outside the building, there's a lot of other things happening, right? Like you get Pal and you get him communicating with him, but then you have this police chief who's always chiming in and he's always wrong. But then you have the handoff to the FBI agents. Right. Who there's even the kind of level of comedy playing in with uh, Sergeant Johnson. This is Sergeant Johnson, no relation. Right. Um, and all of that, they're, they're all befuddled idiots. I don't know if maybe he was trying to make a comment about he just talked about authoritarian, authoritarianism, but um, uh, authoritarianism. But, um, you know, the fact that everybody except for Powell is kind of an idiot or they end up playing out that way. Mm, She's lying. (laughs) Great to have it in the shot, though, with her name on the door. Right. right? Like a lucky break there for a while. Mm. we kind of talked over this but i love when he's first talking and he says i can get us a table wolfgang and i are very good friends (laughs) (laughs) such a prick (laughs) 
I have one of those. <laughs> I would definitely be freaked out, but I also think if you were down there in a limo yeah. and you turned out the lights and you kind of laid down, you'd I be think fine. You could, you could be there for a long <laughs> right. time before they anybody would really check. Well, and that's what ends up happening, right? He's just kind of hanging yeah, until he's needed <laughs> or until he can help. Yeah. Same silly son of a bitch. <laughs> that that's the most absurd response in the entire. Uh, it's thing. insane, <laughs> and it's and you know broker. it it to the, to the <laughs> movie's defense or in their defense, um, it, you know, Van Johnson, mm-hmm. what's his first name? Reg. They go by Reg. Reginald. Reg. Yeah. He Reggie is very resistant throughout. Like he, you know, he's an appropriate amount annoyed with all of these things. Yes. He's not just put off and then kind of goes on. He, he's hyper aware of how stupid these other people are. And it, it kind of, because I think it, when you have a, a really stupid idiotic character in a movie and the movie doesn't comment on how stupid they're being, then you go, you know what? The character's stupid, but the movie is also stupid because it's not (laughs) acknowledging it. This acknowledges it so head on with Reg's kind of constant, you know, battling with this guy that you're like, all right, well at least, I mean, and, and if, if if you're trying to make the point that no one could be that stupid, well, that's also there's no way that's true <laughs> with everything we've seen yeah, from you know law enforcement and government and politicians. Like there's you know, so it I don't know. Yeah, unfortunately, you're trapped, buddy. Better hang out in that car. I love this. Is great, just fucking great as, detail. As good a moment how as is he, in this movie. How does he do it? Uh, you know, it's so I, good. If I could separate, of course, from financial compensation in this moment, yeah. too, we already talked about. Um, if I could go through some of my favorite <laughs> movies and be the guys who were in that one shot, yes. but do that thing that's so memorable. That's like on the the Mount Rushmore of those let's moments get, for me. Let's get a crunch bar. This this looking around. The music beat, also the music cue. <laughs> really amps it up. Like, why put that in there? It's so good. Yep. McTiernan, man. All right. Theo is about to do his play by play, I think. The police have themselves an RV. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's quite. Quite a good commentator. What? Oh, shut up. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) No man left behind. 
Yeah, they're uh, way out in the open. Yeah, I'm not sure that's the way you approach. <laughs> what an idiot Kick ass. I mean they play him up so much to be an idiot I, I, I do it's like just... that this is traditionally a machismo movie like we just right. said and the fact that it's self aware and it kind of makes fun of that right. while having the hero not be that guy right. I do think makes it a much more aware action that's movie that's exactly the most, point right? especially yes. in this era and, and yeah. knowing what John McTiernan kind of stands for He's so anti yeah, all yeah. of this, so that's <laughs> <laughs> they going after the lights. Cool. Just warned them. Just warned them. Send in the car. Is it a car? Send in the clouds. Yeah, exactly. Send in the card. Oof. Oof. Great screaming here. (laughs) Pretty cool. A lot of complaints from what I understand about the people around these neighborhoods because they were shooting this at night for the stuff like this where they had to move vehicles late at night, turn on these lights. The helicopters particularly, I think they had one, maybe two passes at it. And it's kind of incredible they even let them fly helicopters that low between those buildings. It's incredibly impressive. It looks unbelievable. Super impressive, yeah. I feel like they'd never do that now. Well, obviously, I would, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd like to think we could do this. Yeah, there are quite a lot of neighborhoods immediately around Century City. Yeah, um, I can yeah, yeah. I can understand that, and there are some condo buildings right there. Mm. Now, this movie, I believe, was released in the summer. I yeah, it's July so the Christmas 20th, angle is, yeah. July 20th, 88. I meant to say that at the beginning, but I didn't. Should we start over? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's how it's supposed to work. No, I don't think so either. Seem to have and when you stuck. drive by this and you see the tiny little staircase, you're like, oh, that's oh, I know. so weird. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Such a sports fan. Mr. Cowboy. Thank you, Mr. Cowboy. Ow. Nice. Oof. Ugh. 
this whole thing. Yeah. I mean, great idea. Fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> How did they do the explosion here? The like the exterior. So um, I'm I'm under the impression that it's all real, um, based on a couple of things. Um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. More dead. Yeah. Yeah. We can put some more in there. In the making of feature at. Director John McTiernan revealed that a majority of the exterior shots of the building showing explosions were real full-scale explosions set off in and around the actual building. Uh, You know, I mean, I don't know which one specifically they're talking about, but this one, which is the big one, which essentially blows out the windows of an entire level. um, And then you have the shaft. (laughs) I mean, that's fucking awesome. (laughs) Look at that. Jesus. And then you have essentially the fire coming up the shaft. Yeah, the fireball. Uh, yeah, it's, it looks very practical to me. <laughs> God knows, man. You know? Pretty cool. One of the great oh shit jump out of the way right. moments. <laughs> John. This movie was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress in 2017 for being, quote, culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. As it should be. That's an interesting list. Have you ever looked through that list? No, but that would be cool. I mean, there are a lot of things that obviously you're just like, of course, this is just iconic. seems like every year or two or whenever, I don't know what their routine is. Yeah, they add a few more, but um, it's probably not an incredibly long list, you know. It's not, and and there are some that are, I mean, most of them I think kind of universally agreed upon, but then there's every now and again there'll be one that kind of pops out that you're like, huh, okay, they they put that one on, but they haven't put this one on, right? Right. You know, it's it's just interesting. Screen doors. <laughs> oh, this is great. Exchange. Glass. yeah i mean they call him out on every beat you know it's not just a stupid character that's meandering through this story and and you know it i love you i love you you hear me okay Got to do what you got to do. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I've, I've, I'm terrified to do so many drugs, cocaine. I feel like I'd be the guy who would have a heart attack the first time. But if I was about to try to negotiate with Hans Gruber, I'd take a bump. This is the time. This is the time. Yeah, there was ever a time. Spread conceit sock. <laughs> the Shiro trash. Stupid idiot. Yeah. <laughs> 
what I can give you. I love this. I love this. It's a wonderful scene, yeah. Should I shoot him? Like, just the hand, yeah, yeah. just the no, subtle no, 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 on the no, gun. No, no, hang on. I don't know. He's like, I'll just kill this him. This guy's an idiot. So <laughs> don't need to He's kill like, him. I'm already annoyed. I'm already annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> the way Hans plays His him. His tone is amazing. This is actually a good Halloween costume I could do. Dude, Beca- you because totally could. you you realize that one of the primary problems with costumes for me is the beard. Nothing mm. I want to do has a beard. Fair point. This is just yeah. a simple wig and suit and then I'm him. As a kid I had fully uh designed my own Willis diehard. <laughs> Boom. Sorry, go ahead. You had designed your own what? No, no, no. I designed my own Bruce Willis costume. It was literally just uh-huh. the gray pants with uh, I was going to go barefoot. Yep. But I had a TikTok or Tic Tac can that I had like actually sprayed silver, cool. you know, to have like the lighter. And then I ended up just going as Indiana Jones. Oh, nice. Okay. That's good too. <laughs> Never ended up getting to it. <laughs> you got to work on that smile, Kelly. If you're going to do it, you got to work yeah, on that smile. Yeah, that's fair. The other thing, this is incredibly nitpicky, who cares, but the fact that they heard him on the 30th floor, right. the Twinkie was so bad that he's like, ah, <laughs> like, oh my God. It's like, why wouldn't the terrorists be running up there to shoot him if they can all hear? Yellow die yeah, number five. We're going to name him Urkel. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that was his nephew, right? Or I forget. Uh, what he the, was the neighbor. Oh, he, he was. was he wasn't he was related love, to them at all. With his, no, he was oh, in love with the okay. daughter. I and he totally would never forgot. leave. He would never leave. Honestly, it's okay that you don't. I watch Family Matters religiously. I of just course, of course, but forever. Yeah, we all did, but it shouldn't stick the way okay. a guy does. <gasps> Mister Officer. <laughs> We really graduate from shithead up to fuckhead for Die Hard with a Vengeance. Ah, so much tension there. I think it is his wife, right? John Boy. (laughs) Hey, John Boy. (laughs) So dumb. It's also a very of huge credit to Bruce Willis that he plays this very scared for Ellis. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. He's not dismissive of him. He knows he's going to die, and he is trying to make that point. Desperately. Like, he's truly desperate. 
he tries to give him so many outs too. And, and right. honestly it's subtle, but the look on his face when he thinks it's going to be Holly, yeah. when he says a special friend and then that shift yes. to like he relief, kind of but immediate listening. concern yep. for Ellis. I love this look. Yeah. You like that? <laughs> like that uh, little uh, look. Uh. Right. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, not a good moment. Some coke. Have some Dr. Pepper. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's this d- pretty fucked up. Hand through the bullet hole of the head. That you remember the shot? Um, no. It's coming up, but really. Nice. What a stud. Yeah, see? It's like pulling the Can't trigger. Can't you read yourself. written lines? Yeah, see? Every fucking beat. Yeah, yeah. Like, what true. else can you do? He's you know? here for one thing, yeah. He's here for one thing. Diddly squat. Yeah. You couldn't drag me away. Oh, so good. good. So good. He's like, no, I would say fuck it's his no. second best moment for yeah. Reginald in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh. here it is slowly i like the idea that they see the hole in the head they do this same kind of like bait and switch thing with jeremy irons like oh yeah they just have this thing about them where they love just misdirecting and it's very intelligent figuring it out and and saying i know him i know the family exactly where he's like it's not what they're doing yep what the fuck? Asian Dawn. Read about it in Time magazine. <laughs> it's now, so if I tried to pull something off on this, I would have kept my thumb on the button by accident. Oh, uh, right, right, moment. right. Ooh, whoops. <laughs> whoops. Whoops. Yeah, that's going to be a nightmare. You might want to fly out of John Wayne. <laughs> Go to Burbank. Jesus. Flew into Burbank a couple days ago from Maryland. It's a fucking dream. It's a dream. 
Nobody there. That airport. Fucking no one there. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. Every time. Walk right out to the car. Boom. <laughs> yeah. He's such a G. Yeah. <laughs> Great title for a book, by the way. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> awesome. Pretty great. Pretty great line. Yet another one of these sequences that takes the all the action that would have already been good to another level. Oh, yeah. The ver- you know, the verbal sparring here yep. and working this into the movie. I mean, it's also just putting Alan Rickman on display. And probably the moment where we see the most intelligent John, right, throughout the whole thing to kind of yeah. maneuver this and figure He's really out, using his, with his, his wits. And, and, yeah. Right. Or shoes off, so to speak. <laughs> It's just so believable too, because you can see why somebody would be taken f- from from this performance, but it also takes him a second to key into it. Yep. Like there's that moment first, but then he. They, they say this was totally unrehearsed, which is why it has this feeling of like them meeting for the first time and everything. That's wild. Yeah. Presumably, it's all scripted, but it, you know, they kind of. Right. work through right. it as you can see them working through it as they go <laughs> so good yeah
<laughs> you know. We haven't talked about it too much, but uh, John McTiernan, big fan of the lens flare. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would say does it much more effectively. Oh, no yeah. No JJ. I still like JJ, yeah. but this is kind of like the guy who laid the groundwork for the kid who came along and really liked that lens flare and then <laughs> amped it right. up to 11 right. you know, for his movies to the point it became kind of a joke. No way. way. My cops are not effective. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. <laughs> what, are you, what point are you making? You know, 12 terrorists, 12 nights of Christmas. Right. This is clearly a Christmas movie. <laughs> yes. By the way, this is commentary number 12. No shit. Yep. <laughs> God, we're, God, we're good, man. Happy accidents, they call yeah. that. And if you want one of them... Ow. Oh, yeah. Oh, it seemed like he had him. It's very good. Good thing you looked at the uh, manifest. Or whatever it's called for a building. Yep. Mm. It's a great test. Yeah. It's just, I mean, the way he's holding the gun. It all all works so well. So good. All you gotta do is pull the trigger. Little eyes. Yeah. You don't Bruce look was suspicious. destined to be a movie star. Yeah. You can tell from this one, right? Just the charisma. have a guest spot on Moonlighting. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> no bullet. No bullet. <laughs> this is a great response, though. You're saying? <laughs> you think I'm fucking stupid? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, yes, yeah. Know. Right. Also, also super important, right? Because obviously he's clocked Hans, but Hans now having clocked him yeah. ends up being huge for the kind of the last act reveals. Ugh, all this glass. Okay, I got to pee real quick. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, it hurts my knees. Now, apparently one of the very few problems they had with Rickman is he had like never fired a gun or at least nothing like this. And they just couldn't get him believable at first with the guns and not to like blink a ton. But um, he seems pretty realistic and effective to me throughout this scene. Also a great choice to deliver the line and in another language first, just to emphasize it. Oh God. I'm just thinking about his feet by this point every time. Oh shit. You definitely feel it, man. You definitely feel being just trapped and <laughs> under complete siege here. It's <laughs> a weird beat. <laughs> That's maybe the one beat in this entire thing that feels like a little, like they threw a little much at it. Right. More than they needed. If it, if it didn't have the music like staying right there, then it might be okay. But yeah. like, you know, it's yeah, like, music cue and it's yeah, like, well, it's a little intense. Yeah. trying to think what they were indicating here maybe that he's just a loose cannon at this point it doesn't matter they're back in charge he wants to kill him so bad i guess but it's still an over the type moment top moment you get all you need out of this moment right? yeah exactly he freaks yeah. out and her response to it yeah it's so great god it's so great it's <laughs> <laughs> great She's a delight. Yeah, really, really great. Really fantastic. Really fantastic. And this is just... Oh, the worst. Just the most gruesome thing, Yeah, The the shard he pulls out. The bottom of your feet are just so tender. Like the little (laughs) Soft little footsies. Listen, speaking of someone who has had some pretty severe issues, I mean, severe as far as feet go, Uh, issues with plantar fasciitis and... Just it is debilitating when you can't step and you have that piercing pain and you you know not being able to walk affects you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine something like this. Oh, 
Oof. Fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I feel like these are the, the moments we've kind of lost in just the upping the pace so much, you know, for action and stuff now. Like, they're, they're, they rarely take long enough to really... I mean, that really resonates, you know, and it's a... It's not only good character stuff, character. like you say. It's the... It gives it gives McLean this chance to go to, like, a bathroom and recoup. Yes, and, like, yes. have some moments of peace where nothing's happening. It's Yeah, it's very good. 100% and it makes those moments of explosion bigger right like yes. it makes that you absorb them more because you have you know you can't if you dial it up to 11 and keep it there the entire time yeah, there's no time to breathe you know you get desensitized to yeah. everything and 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 not to mention the idea that he's physically injured in this moment and he's having to contend with that so many of these movies you don't you know yes yes th- they sure. don't get so injured <laughs> By Die Hard 4, they definitely don't. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Body surfing down a Oh, God, it's so bridge. fucking dumb. Uh, <laughs> the cheese grater on your skin. Even in, even in With a Vengeance, I feel like there's a pretty good amount of, like, pain. Oh, God, you yeah. Know? He, dude, Bo- he both of them, all the of them. I mean, yeah, beat out, exactly. Right. It's just like they just feel destroyed. I mean, the, the, the spike or whatever that he, he bites out of his arm to mm-hmm. try to pick the lock. Right. Of the, it's a splinter three. from the, the yeah. high-tension cable, Ugh. yeah. Oh, Jesus. I mean, this yeah, gross. High-tension cable, that thing splitting that guy in half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to do Die Hard with a Vengeance okay. sometime <laughs> on one of these commentaries. <laughs> okay, cool. I love that movie. Or as so. Jess calls it, my all-time favorite when we watch this series, is she said, oh, it's Scavenger Hunt, the action right, movie. Right. I, I love this. <laughs> like, it's my two favorite things, action movies and scavenger hunts. I mean, my sister tried unsuccessfully to explain the water math equation to me for hours oh, yeah. when yeah, I was yeah. little. We've talked about that, but it's just like, I'm too stupid to understand that. that uh, well, I've that had the same riddle. conversation <laughs> with my buddy, uh, Jason Walston, who, who says you can do it. But in my opinion, and maybe I'm wrong too, cause I'm, I'm no genius math genius, but I think you have to be at the starting point that they give you to be able to do it. Like I think it, you know, they cut back to that scene and they're like, okay, we got a gallon here and we got a gallon here. Oh, and they don't kind of show it. the middle, but yeah. I don't understand how they got to how that. They got part, to it. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, it's like, how do you have exactly? A gallon Interesting. Here? Yeah. 
Uh, great choice of music here once again. Right. I mean, everything, the way this is filmed and shot. Uh-huh. And to put this in here to kind of push the story while McLean is recouping to give him time to do that, right? Mm-hmm. And now you've gotten a little more about Powell, and then you get this. It just keeps everything carrying. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. So well. <laughs> Another great. Yeah. <laughs> Probably pissing in their pants. And then we eat chips. Another really weird connection on this is these two Sergeant Johnsons are both in the James Bond movie License to Kill. They sure are. And they only cross paths for like a second. Like one. Yeah, they're enemies, right? Like you've got the main villain and then just kind of a side character friend of Felix Leiter, CIA agent. Pretty weird. And it's strange that, yeah, that was was 89. 89. 89. So that was literally a year after this. Whatever. No, the other one. General Raddick is currently being released. (laughs) General Raddick is everything you are not. A great man. The acting really is better than this movie has any right yep. to have. Um, the character stuff resonates so well. Mm-hmm. And also structurally, you know, we just broke into the vault. I mean, we've just launched into the third and concluding act. Right. And these little character beats that elevate it just coincide with that perfectly right before you launch yeah. into this final act. That's going to involve yeah. all of these things, the, the vault, but then John coming and then also eventually Powell. It's the preparing for war 
kind of mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. But instead of having it like the Rambo gear up, right, right. where we just tie on the, and it's, I love Rambo. It's a more emotional like gear up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's a realistic. Yeah, right. This is the most fucked up scene. Oh this my god, makes me so mad. Well, that's why <laughs> she threatens to fucking kill him in the next movie. Yeah. Ugh, compendi. What a piece of shit. Yeah, he's. He's the real villain of this movie. <laughs> I know. We all kind of like Hans. Right? Yeah, Hans is no fine. Likes, this is the no most evil person guy. in this. <laughs> oh. Guess he hopped on his left foot across that glass. I love the barrel into the cheek right here. Right. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah. No big deal. She always says I wasn't listening or I was. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. (laughs) She said something about me not not paying attention. I don't know. I wasn't wasn't listening. listening. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's great. <clears throat> this is again kind of to juxtaposition against lethal weapon where not to say that it's not brutal but like you know mel is the the machine right like he is the lethal weapon or whatever and kind of knows all the kung fu stuff this fight by contrast is just sort of so brutal and like throwing each other into stuff yeah. and headlocks and just punching each other as hard as they possibly can in the face as much as they can Uh oh. Nice lens flare. Yeah. Ugh. That is fucking heartbreaking. I know. Jesus. Come home. Oh, Lucy. It's fucking evil. Well, a clean residence, Lucy McLean speaking. Ah. Oh, shit. How nice to make him. The lady behind her with the hand to the mouth. So good. Woo! Woof. Oh no. Nice little rack focus. Hmm. He's getting it's vicious so now. I love it yeah. so much. I he don't just, know. Just, I shouldn't like it no, so no, much. It's so enjoyable. <laughs> These guys. I can live with that. <laughs> just the worst possible representation yeah. of an FBI agent. Terrible. But this is cool. Oh, it's great. Oh, my God. 
And the idea of these, like, Hueys or whatever these are flying through Century City is just so badass. <sighs> oh, scary. Oh, I can feel this one every time. Oh, that shoulder squib or whatever it was. The shit talk while fighting from John McClane is next level. He does this very well in it's, it's all so three of these real. movies. I think it yeah. drops off later. I think, yeah. honestly, that's that's the main kind of difference to me in his character is that in the later movies, he's just more quiet. He just simply doesn't yeah, have the, the, you know, <laughs> the banter. Pay for the paycheck, baby. Yeah. But I also wonder, because you're like, well, if it were scripted, then he'd probably be saying it. You know what I mean? Maybe it just wasn't, the character wasn't scripted that way. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. I think like when they're fighting, I think that's Bruce in these early ones just saying, yeah, I'm going to cook you, I'm going to fucking eat you. You you don't think that's written? I, I, you know what? Maybe it was, I mean, but I, 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 just knowing writing dialogue while you're fighting, I'm not saying there's nothing, you never do that. Right. It feels much more organic than most that's stuff fair. that's written. That's fair. For that. That's great, too. It's getting brutal. I love that look. Yep. Yep. And I like the this friendly fire scenario, too. Is just oh, like yeah. very feels very realistic. For sure. And right when you're like, okay, he's going to get him off the building, then to flip yep. it and be like, oh, God, now yep. they're shooting at him. Like, it just can't do anything. never have yeah. a minute to breathe here. Right. Oh, God. Shit. What's the line in Jurassic Park? Well, we're back in the car again. What's that? Oh, well, we're back in the well, car. Well, we're back on the roof again. Yeah, well, we're <laughs> like back he's on getting the roof shot again. at jumping. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. 
<laughs> what the fuck? God damn. What a great explosion. Here we go. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the build-up to this. Awesome. Man. So great. Oh, man. Uh, gross. Oh, that's gonna oh, hurt. And, uh, this whole swing back and shoot yeah. through the window thing has been replicated so many times, but this was just so great. Uh, I feel like this we've we've seen this in so many movies since this, For but sure. this yeah. I feel like this is probably the first time that they this did has a, got it. Yeah, I, I think like it's been hanging, copied so much. That I mean, it has Mission to be the Impossible first time. did it, and you know, Mission Impossible Three, yeah. yeah, with the. And then Four? shooting your way in. Three? A couple Four. of James Bond movies Four? have done it. Um, Mission Impossible 3, they, they well, the side of the building thing is in 4, but in 3, he remember when he has to steal the rabbit's foot and he leaps from one building to the other? He parachutes down and his parachute takes him in through the glass. Oh, and then and he the slides back out. looks at Tom Cruise and then it sucks him back out. I remember that. Okay, um, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So they kind of did something similar in both. Yeah, yeah. sort of a, yeah. Similar yeah. rip. But honestly, man, you could argue Mission Impossible 3, when he's in the elevator fighting mm-hmm. all the guys he's strapped to the table, you know, similar thing to Die Hard 3, right? Where he's in the elevator and he starts the shootout and the tight right. And now Captain America Winter Soldier has done it. That's that's funny. Those are good points. Yep. Yeah. Very I just similar. stepped on the best line for the, of that. What, what did he say? Deputy. We're going to need some more FBI guys. Oh, that's, yes. like, that's actually the one great line. <laughs> that's he's true comedy. We're going to need some more bit. FBI guys. <laughs> Again, his reactions, this is, again, it's so good because this is what you, at this point, you would just be like, what the fuck? Like, he's like right. walking through like, come on. She's pretty good. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. As our friend Stevie would say, oofta. Oofta. Christmas tape saving the day, baby. Christmas tape. That's how you know more than anything. (laughs) It's a Christmas movie. Right. I love they give Argyle this little moment here. Right. He's like, I know what to do. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Just a little punch. (laughs) 
It's a fantastic right. little Yelp, too. Yeah, yeah. It's great. <laughs> this is great. it's not jesus it's john john yeah i remember that's something that that film professor i had that showed this he was like she means that literally like jesus is here like salvation has come very direct yeah yeah. very deliberate That's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> Again, this is a different era. This is an era where they would actually market toys from rated R movies for adults to kids. So oh. a different era for sure. Yeah. But kids playing the number of my friends who taped the toy gun to their back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is that right? like that's, that's just relevant to this movie. Uh huh. And the yep. number of times we did that in like fake gunfights. And, and he does it in three also. Remember? Oh yeah. Right at the beginning. Yeah. 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 He makes the attempt when he's in Harlem, right? Mm-hmm. It was a great sequence also. Yeah. Some of those bells. Listen to those Christmas bells chiming. Yeah. So good. That headshot. Two bullets. No. God, it's, it's good. very satisfying. Yeah, the the pulling the wife out. No, this has been talked about a lot, but how they dropped Alan Rickman early mm-hmm. to get the reaction yep. that is so good in this. Oh, my and God. By the way, if you're going to cut back for one second to an old shot yes. in the third <laughs> yes, one where the they say, one. does the name Gruber mean anything to you? And his yeah, rings memory bell. snaps back to just that <laughs> shot of Hans falling. Yes. It rings a bell, yeah. The slow oh, so motion, good. yeah. yeah. They... It always bugged me that she had a blood stain on her cheek and then it goes away there. But oh, well, what are you going to do? The watch. And let's get rid of Ellis's watch. Or the company's watch. Even that has a callback. So good. This is also, this is one of those moving dummies that's actually dropped outside the building, right? When you see the long right, shot. Right, But really, really good, man. These arms and legs flailing. Yeah, how does that look like, so that's real? That's fantastic. Yeah. So like they, those were actually developed for Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Remember the bridge cut where they fall? They had these dummies they had rigged so the feet Vaguely, and legs but would yeah. go. Oh, okay. But it's much more rudimentary than the diehard one. You know, that's okay. four years later, so you can right. see how they kind of developed. That's very but impressive. I never yeah. knew how they did that when I was a kid. I was right. like, is it possible to put like something at the bottom of that and have someone drop that far? I had no idea that, seems, that, that yeah. wouldn't really work. Right. A little too far. Oof. What a mess. The paper, <laughs> honestly, it's yeah. a little over the top, but the paper is flooding down. Is is also great. There's a lot of it. Yeah, it's like everywhere. snow. Yeah. How much paper was up there on the right. roots? <laughs> Good God! 
it's just so satisfying. I don't really know what else to say about this movie at this point, but The idea of going through something with someone and not knowing yeah. who they are yeah. is very interesting. Listen, that quiet moment of recognition here yeah. is... It's very good. And I mean, honestly, you get like a totally different version of this kind of reveal from somebody you just know from a voice with Hans and him. Uh-huh. You know, they're, and they're both really good. Like, yes. They're really effective yes. and different. And obviously, the John McTiernan. Are different, but yeah, he's he knows how to build a movie, man. Yeah. And he knows about tyranny. McTyranny and <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Patrick got up and walked away. <laughs> we gotta. Hey, we're, we're luckily we're towards the end here. Yeah, right, right. Don't, don't worry, it's over well, soon. It's usually me that's making the, <laughs> the stupid comments. <laughs> Thanks everybody, for taking everybody gets one minute. No, it's great. Uh, get him. Ow, also, this was a, quite a um, a thing that you would have often in the uh, this era of movies, too, right? The last little yeah. beat. One, one more villain that yeah, you thought everything was done. comes out of the water or whatever. I don't know. But this one's just so great because Wonderful it puts the button shot yeah, the cap here, on, too. A uh, little rack focus. Boom. Yeah, on pals. Oh, yeah, it's so good. Really looking good. down the barrel. Yep. Nailed him. You did it, buddy. You saved the day. Now he'll be able to shoot kids again. And <laughs> no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> See, totally. I couldn't stop myself. I knew I shouldn't. Anyways, I couldn't stop. Anyways. Oh, all yeah. The, seriously, though, all the character stuff pays off, and Argyle's just the cherry yes. on top of the Sunday. Okay. Crazy with me. This one's with me. Don't, don't. Let's not go right <laughs> so back I'm into sh- that dark place where you have to question him. whether you control your gut again. Hey, hey. <clears throat> God, it's just a plethora of satisfying payoffs. Oh, yeah. Really? Just one after the one other? One after the other here. <laughs> also, they're perfect for each other. Uh, you know, the, the idea oh, that they sure. have a tumultuous relationship is unfortunate because it's like, Listen, they're great. It, just because there's fire and just because <laughs> they argue a lot doesn't mean the love ain't there, baby. Yeah, I like know. Like sometimes. I know. I gotta be here for New Year. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. The weather outside is frightful. Oh, fire the best way to end a Christmas so movie, this song. And it's sunrise. You know, we get a little bit of end, blue glow. Uh, Die Hard 2 with this song as well, right? Do but they? By Die Hard 3, oh. they go a different. Yeah, that when they pan up from the airport with all the planes, the, the same song yeah, plays. I but by you. 3, I obviously, forgot. it doesn't take place at three Christmas. 3 is in the, the summer ones. in the city. It's summer That's in the why city. they play the song. My grandma summer in the city. So pretty. <laughs> Summer. Cool cat, looking for a kitty. 
don't know the words. Um, that's well, that's uh, that's thing. wonderful. I love it. Um, so while the uh, wonderful credits are rolling, let's talk about some stuff. Um, this movie was nominated for four Academy Awards. They're all what? technical. They're all yeah. technical, but they uh, no no winners. But uh, best sound, best film editing, best effects for sound effects, and yeah. best uh, visual effects. So that's course, yeah, uh, that's are, fair. Um, Should have won some of those. I think. What do I you what think the budget of this movie was? Oh Jesus! In eighty eight, yeah. I I don't know. Um, how much did Bruce Willis make? Five five million. I'm gonna say they gave these guys. Seventy-five million dollars. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight million dollars. Yep. <laughs> I was gonna guess. This is you know what? This is. I was exactly, gonna guess yeah. thirty-five million, you and then like, I no then way. I remembered what Bruce Willis made, and I was like, was it five? Okay. So my justification 75. there is one. Yes, that's a crazy low number considering that he made five. So like percentage-wise, that's that's really impressive. But then the other part of this is that they have virtually no overhead. Like there's lots of explosions, lots of cool shit, yeah, but you're just it's in the building, air building, no location and stuff. a couple of set, maybe like two sound right. stages and and a location that's a good point that's lots good of explosions point. lots of like practical shit has to happen but it's just minimal in its scope and they're like a thousand feet from the studio you know so it, it just doesn't what know. was the budget for Die Hard 2 and 3 do you well, know that's a good question let me look it up real quick um because I'm just while I'm looking like it said, up Die Hard 3 is all um, over the place what do you think the uh, gross uh, domestic um, uh, box office was for this movie uh, they made 120 million. Actually, no. Um, quite a bit less. 83 domestic. So okay. So, so I 83 on a 28. That's good. I mean, back then Still it was huge, probably considered but... pretty good, but um, not as big as it would be today. Um, okay. So I'm gonna look up some budgets. This movie obviously also lived <clears throat> in rentals and uh, on television. Oh, big for time! Yeah, years and years. To yeah, come. we're of course not including all that extra stuff. That was enough um, though to, to greenlight the sequel and then move on with the whole trilogy. So. Die Hard Two had a budget of seventy with a domestic um, gross of one seventeen, so that was okay. So um, Die Hard Two had the the budget and the gross of what I guessed for Die Hard One, right. almost exactly. So let's see what Die Hard 3 says. Um, that has a budget of 90 and then a domestic of only 100, which is a bummer. Oh, shit. But here's the thing. I'm not including worldwide in these numbers. If right. I do. By 95. Um, yeah. yeah, 95, they had a $90 million budget, but it made 366 worldwide with almost right. 300 million coming from international. That's a pretty significant Well, by know, 95, number. the international had become more a, important. A anyway, bit the, more. The, but so going back, Die Hard 2 had a worldwide of – of 240 on a $70 million budget and Die Hard one had a worldwide of 141 on a 28. So these are all big hits, but again, the domestic is, you know, it's quite a bit less. Um, anyway, so moving along, um, the top, so this came out in July, 1988. Um, there weren't a lot. I was actually just, just for fun. It was interesting to see what else came out that month. And it was like a bunch of sequels, 
So, um, I, I, you know, you think of sequels as being a more modern thing, but like clearly this was the summer of a lot of sequels. I don't know. By the late eighties and nineties, I think that's when I start. I, I guess about that's them taking fair. Off. Yeah. Because yeah. early eighties, you have your star Wars and your Indiana Jones. And from that point, they're kind of finishing up yeah. there back to the future mid eighties. Well, you're definitely right about that. Um, July 88, Arthur two short circuit Two, phantasm two. It takes two. Caddyshack two. big top peewee. Um, we're all that month. Um, also cocktail and monkey shines came out, uh, right around that time. Uh, June, we saw funny farm, big bull Durham, great outdoors who framed Roger rabbit coming to America. Those are all within the few weeks surrounding it. And then for the domestic box office, um, list, you know, top 10, uh, for 1988, Rain Man was number one. Roger Rabbit was two. Coming to America, big twins. Crocodile Dundee two, and then Die Hard comes in at seven um, on that list. Rain Man made 172 million dollars domestic gross, um, which I just that just blows me away Huge. because it's it, it's such a classic movie. I love Rain Man. But it's, uh, you know, it's a small drama relative to these big budget things for it to make well more than double what Die Hard made is just incredible. Audiences just wanted something different then. And and, um, and honestly, yes. I, this is not me. This really is not me shitting on current movies. Movies okay. ebbs and flow through all generations, right? And there's a lot of great stuff still. Right. But there there was more of a maturity, in my opinion, to movie or at least there was a corner for very mature movies and we've talked about this before even into like the early mid 90s if you look at Harrison Ford being like the biggest box office star in that time period and Tom Cruise right making Rain Man right. Um, as opposed to just rattling off Mission Impossibles now which I love like I'm in no way am I not happy with Mission sure. Impossibles but the Harrison Ford action film was the clear and present danger the Patriot Games where the guy who's an analyst and there's a mystery that he's solving the fugitive yeah. was an action film where he is a guy whose wife has been murdered and now it's a detective story like you know Die Hard in some ways I think gave rise to these things but now where you really have the, you know Marvel's taken over the marketplace and you know in the same way that a, that a Star Wars would and, and could still but you know now you've everything is angled for that PG-13 it, it, it's just not going to have the same level of intellect not to say that they're not perfectly constructed and speaking as a guy whose favorite movies of all time are kids movies as the star Wars trilogy. I'm, you know, no <laughs> yeah, way am sure. I, I'm, I'm not trying to throw shade. I'm just saying that kind of adult film wasn't made. And there was a lot of talk about this by David Fincher when he tried to make the girl with the dragon tattoo uh, mm-hmm. trilogy, right? You know, I, I want to do these again. I want to have these rated R movies. That's like a full series where we're going to, and obviously it didn't work. So, you know, the proof is in the pudding, I guess, money wise, even though that movie I think was really well made, but um, there's just not an angle for those anymore. Um, one other thing I wanted to say, um, and this is like a small little thing, but since we've been pointing stuff out, John McTiernan loves to end those films with the big kind of chorus and choir. Like he ends hunt for Red October, the exact same way two years later. He also uses the giant teddy bear, um, from this movie, uh, that's in the back of Argyle's car. That is also the gift that Jack Ryan played by Alec Baldwin is bringing back to his daughter on the airplane. So he's sitting on an airplane at the beginning of the movie with this, with the teddy bear. He's sitting on an airplane at the end of the movie in hunt for October passed out. Cause he's exhausted. And the same choir, I don't know. It's not the same song, but a choir music comes up yeah. the exact same as these credits and plays over that teddy bear. So just kind of a fun little through line Very interesting. that he kept nice, in a couple of his movies. Nice trivia. I dig it. Um, real quick before we end, what do you think the rotten tomatoes scores were for this movie? And I, we might've done it recently, oh, but um, I think yeah, we did do it recently, did but did we? Okay. Um, 
Let's see. Do so Rotten again. Tomatoes. I'll say critics. I'll say critics eighty two, audiences eighty eight. Ninety four and ninety four. Oh, uh, that makes me happier. I think yeah, we did yeah. do that actually now because yep. they're exactly the same. But uh, um, I, I obviously think that's appropriate having kind of mid nineties for these. So uh, if, if I can read this quickly, this is an excerpt from Roger Ebert. Um, he really was so, so on this movie. He gave it two out of four stars and, uh, and that's a bummer, right? Um, yeah. As nearly as I can tell the deputy chief in this movie is for only one reason or only one purpose to be consistently wrong at every step of the way and is to provide a phony <laughs> counterpoint to Willis's progress. The cal- the character is so willfully useless, so dumb, so much a product of the idiot plot syndrome that all by himself he successfully undermines the last half of the movie. Thrillers like this need to be well-oiled machines and not with a single wasted moment. Inappropriate and wrong-headed interruptions reveal the fragile nature of the plot and prevent it from working. Without the deputy chief and all that he represents, Die Hard would have been more than a passable thriller. With him, it's a mess, and it's and that's a shame because the film does um, contain some superior some superior special effects, impressive stunt work, and good performances, especially by Rickman. Um, Here's a suggestion for thriller makers. You can't go wrong if all the characters in your movie are at least as intelligent as most of the characters in your audience. I thought that was interesting. I think you make some valid points. Some points that you actually uh, pointed out as well. I I took him. I've always taken him and I continue to take him. That character as just comedic relief. Yeah, he is kind of a befuddled idiot. But um, I certainly don't think even acknowledging his points that in any way that causes the movie not to to work um it just it's just not that important to i me. think Eber um, would feel differently about this today um, yeah and i mentioned this yeah. a lot and, and nobody ebert doesn't need my or didn't need my <laughs> signing off on him in most successful critic maybe ever but yeah but uh you know this is also the person who named fight club in the worst 10 movies in <laughs> right, 1999 right. and then a year later said named it one I of the best it, five yeah. of the decade so <laughs> things change when you watch yep. stuff again and again and he's i just thought it was interesting stuff yeah. a lot of times but i wonder what he would have thought of or maybe he does have reviews on die hard four and five <laughs> right i felt on this Oof. one but Oof. who cares Anyway. Um, well, that's great. We did Die Hard. I'm glad we did because that's a good one. And yeah. uh, I think you're right. I think we may, we should do Die Hard three at some point. That would be fun. yeah. We got to do it harder. Yeah, Die Hard for that. We got to do it with a vengeance. We got to do most, a podcast with most vengeance. vengeance. All right, guys. <laughs> thanks for listening. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Have a happy holiday. Yeah, we'll we'll see you in 2021.